Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the first and possible only edition of the Saturday Morning Podcast about absolutely nothing. This is Tim coming to you from the Great White North where it's a balmy 53 degrees Fahrenheit. And as always, my buddy in crime coming to you from Palatial, Clifton Heights, Pennsylvania where I believe it is absolutely wonderful 73 degrees Tom Robinson. 73? I don't know where you got that report. Um, well, that's what, that's what the Philadelphia AccuWeather says, that it's 73 degrees Fahrenheit in Philadelphia tonight. That would be the ABC, six ABC local uh, people. But I can tell you that uh, as I just turned off my heavy machinery, not to be confused with the NXT tag team by the same said name, uh, to create a element of coolness, meaning weather-related, not coolness, because obviously I'm cool and delusional. <laughs> but i got to keep saying delusional, by the way. Um, Good word. But I may have to, I may have to turn on one of those devices because it's 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 definitely not 73 right where i'm at well maybe if that, that could be uh, that temperature i mean who i mean that's a lot of uh, a lot of area we're covering there that uh that that could be a lot of bars in clifton it might be 73 in some bars i'm going to turn on one right well, now and then you can tell me whether it's too loud i just i just brought it up on the on the weather network clifton heights pennsylvania Temperature seventy three degrees Fahrenheit. So I don't know. You know. Maybe your house is warmer. It was hot during the day, so maybe she's still hot inside. Because you did have a fairly warm one today. You were in the nineties, weren't you? Yes, very warm today. Um, so that'll do it. <clears throat> that's the device. Is there any audio difficulties? Uh. I can hear just a smidge in the fan, but not much. Well, there's a lot of fans out there in 27 different countries and probably 40 yeah, plus states just, at last check. For those of, yeah, for those of you not in the know, we just it's like every day we we check our figures and we added two countries uh, today or this morning. Uh, we now have uh, listeners in the Philippines and Hungary of all places. Cool. You know what I think we um, should do, though, instead of, like, interviewing international players from basketball and picking up listeners in Hungary because, uh, you know, this is just the delusional side of me. Um, <laughs> maybe we should uh, not do, like, the World Cup, for instance, which, quite frankly, I'm not interested in. But um, you, uh, Nate, our friend Armando, et cetera. It seems when the World Cup was brought into the equation, you know, without exaggeration, we picked up minimum five countries, possibly seven or eight. And we could be talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling, the most important thing, and and have two countries of fat guys with shirts and championship belts. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. There doesn't seem to be much rhyme or reason to the to the country ads. Uh, I just have to assume it's our overall uh, stunning good looks and charm. But 
because that's usually what it is when it's when we're involved with things. But uh, hey, we'll take them. We'll take them however we can get them. Vegas can't be choosers and all that. Happy to have anybody on board. Um, so I guess what we thought we'd do tonight or this morning, I guess it is really as well. Early early morning, depending on where you're located. Um, I don't really know to be honest. I thought we'd just chat and see where it took us. Uh, I was looking at some uh, some stuff I thought you might be uh, you might be interested in to see where it goes from there. Um, I was looking at an article about the biggest chokes in sports history. Biggest chokes? I'm not. I'm not. Well. Well, some you would definitely you would definitely know. Um, like if I say to you, biggest bigger blunder, um, Chris Webber, or uh, uh, Bill Buckner. Well, I would say uh, Chris Webber because that was Game Six of the uh, Red Sox series, and it also has a personal. You know these things. Resonation with me, if that's a word, it resonates. Is resonation, the yeah, uh, yeah, proper yeah, term. Yeah. Um, Bill um, Chris Weber was uh, my first uh, illegal bet with bookmakers because uh, a, a friend, Joe McLaughlin, when I worked at the Radisson Hotel in room service, would always have uh, the equivalent of bipolar tendencies where he would be miserable and sad or jumping around for no apparent reason. That's symptoms of uh, cocaine use and things of that nature. But he was nothing but a drinker, but his addiction was gambling, which is now legalized here. Uh, well, actually not yet here in Pennsylvania, but surrounding us in New Jersey and Delaware, do respectively. A, yes, I do have a, a nice little tidbit I'd like to add to that when we get there. Don't let me forget. Sure. It is uh, about uh, gambling in New Jersey. So, but, but he, uh, Joe was a guy. Actually, there's a wrestling tie-in as well. Um, Joe was a guy that uh, kind of talked like ass and loved to smoke weed. I guess I smoke weed once in a while, um, and he was like. The national championship, T.R., who you like? And I'm like, I like the Fab Five. Who does, why wouldn't I? Who doesn't? Right? Like, who wouldn't? But that was pre-gambling, T.R. And little did I know that Eric Montrose and the uh, North Carolina Tar Heels were favorites. So he told me he's all over the blue. <laughs> and I was like, what are you, nuts? He's like, they wouldn't be favorites if they were expected to win. I go, what's, what's this favorite shit mean? I don't get it. You know, a lot of people don't get it when they see in the newspaper because it was, you know, a, uh, a harmless crime, victimless crime, as we went through on another show. And uh, every newspaper in this country, at least, had the lines, even though it was, quote, unquote, illegal, unless you were in Las Vegas or the state of Nevada. However, it was, uh, you know. It's just for information purposes. Yeah, for amusement only, as they call it. Right, correct. Playing at home. But I, I had no idea at age 21 or 22, whatever I was then. And I said, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I don't even have to win the game? And I, I don't remember the spread. It was probably like two or something like that. 
And I, I was like, ended up losing uh, by four. I want to say. I think. That yeah. So I put seventy five dollars and I handed it to him, and he goes, "Well, if you want seventy five, you got to put eighty five down." And I'm like, "Why?" I didn't understand the whole thing. <laughs> and, and that's, that's the angry. <laughs> that's the angry. No, no, that's the that's the uh, bookmaker. Uh, he might have kept it. Yeah, I don't well, know. But yeah, that's the vig or the juice, depending where you come come from but angry billy like always used to try to uh you know uh one up us um on our little venture last year with goeastway.com when we would take put picks out based on hundred dollars um and more be entertaining and try to have a winning record and like everybody it was a hit everybody liked us except one guy who kept trying to tear us apart, and we, you know, me, me specifically. But then when you you were nailing NHL, um, we picked every game. You picked every game from the beginning, as did he, I he, against he, the spread. He really got to me. I have to admit, he really got to me after two or three days of his sniping. It was it was more than I could take, to be honest. I wouldn't make a good bookie he's, for life. <laughs> he's running for mayor of Philadelphia, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, he'll probably win in this day and age. But uh, actually, I'd, I'd vote I'll, for him. I'll tear him down with an internet scandal. Uh, you know, illegal, illegal cross-border gambling. <laughs> I don't know if the Ciccolinis could, uh, their name could ever be uh, touched in the Philadelphia area. I've never, yeah, I've never heard of anything. You know, right? But anyway, but, so, so the Weber, what do you, I mean, I remember the, the Weber game. I remember watching it. I had just only really started to get into college basketball because it was just only, up here, it was just only starting to get televised on a, some kind of a well, basis. Well, C-Web, follow uh, it. I got done work in time to see the final uh, stuff. And C-Web called and I, remember, out and I was like. I remembered him calling it. And I remember them saying, oh, they don't have any left. And then I remember going, oh, okay, what's the penalty for that? Because I didn't know. And I, and I seem to recall they even had to kind of huddle up for a bit because nobody was really sure what the what the damage was. For calling one or what Chris Weber got paid by fucking wise guys. But anyway. Um, possible. Uh, well, until his radio appearance... Um, within the last three months with Jim Harbaugh, when he invited him back to be on the sidelines of Michigan football, he had been – not that that was direct I mean, correlation, but other other things he was – I mean, you have to admit, I mean, it is a very strange thing to do. Of all the things you could do that would look less yeah. suspect to, to fuck up, that is quite a strange call to make. Yeah, I've never seen uh, it before. I've never seen it before that, and I've never seen it since. Well, we almost saw a duplicate in a, in a weird, strange way, but it was complete coincidence, I believe, because uh, J.R. Smith is not brilliant enough <laughs> yeah, to come up with that scheme. That's true. Um, with anyone. But that was yeah, that was definitely. I don't know if I would necessarily call that a choke per se, because it didn't really involve. Uh, play on the court, like he didn't miss a dunk or something like that, but but it was certainly a boner of a, a bonehead of a move. Um, is it a bigger bonehead of a move than um, 
uh, Steve Bartman? Uh, well, that's a uh, douchebag fanboy move. Um, but was it? Was when 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 you really look at that play? Now, yes, yeah, the first on live television. I remember I watched it live, thinking, "Oh my God, what a fucking bonehead!" But when I've seen photos of it, the later day, I don't think uh, uh, Moises Alou comes anywhere near that ball. I don't think he's catching it anywhere. Uh, you know, this no, topic we'll caught me by surprise, so I haven't really thought about that play in a while, and I haven't looked at the video, but um, I just know as a fan, in, the, in, the, in that situation, any any fan, even a regular season game, if you're such a fanboy equivalent to a guy who would, over 30, let's be specific, you yeah. would go to a wrestling event with a title belt and a shirt um, supporting uh, a male pro wrestler is kind of like over the top of a, the equivalent of a guy who would, when there's a ground ball that hits the bag to left field and there's a chance to score two runs, et cetera, uh, instead of a ground rule double, and he leans his fat ass over just to get a taste of Major League Baseball and let it hit his hand and then ricochet off yeah. and him not get the baseball and his ass crack hang out. And he's looked at the same way with that these people that wear these shirts, uh, especially if they're at a public appearance of a, of, a, of a wrestler. And I can tell you not from a delusional person who thinks he's the WWE champion, but certainly a friend of people who have been in that very position and, and some close that the immediate thought is a, what is this guy going to think? He's going to trigger a memory and we're going to be like buddies. Why would you wear well, something like that? I agree. I often wondered at any baseball game, if you are actually a fan of the home team, why you would come anywhere near a baseball that even looks remotely close to that it might be caught. Like you would think. Steve Bartman, who admittedly, like we didn't know at the time, of course, but who we found out later was a super fan, had been to every game, was as a diehard a Cubs fan as you could get. You would think that with the curse and all the rest of the stuff they talk about there, that he, you know, he of all people, would have, that ball would have had plague on it to him because it was within a foot of being caught either way. That you know, the last thing you try to do is get a hold of one. I mean, I'm not defending Steve Bartman at all because he's a fucking dork, but there were other fans making attempts at grabbing it as well. Oh, yes. He's not alone. If it was was like a uh, six inches to the left or right, there'd be other names involved. True. Uh, And I'll also throw at him, I mean, it was only game six. Cubs win game seven. Nobody knows who Steve Bartman is. Hey, but hey, but listen, I I am from Chicago, and, and uh, I'm a Dodgers fan. Yeah, of course, right. Good logic there. I I like to be ironic. I'm a barista. And I'm about sixty, <laughs> and I love I love Cody Rhodes. 
You want to you want to know really, why? Really. You want to know why I love Cody? Tell me why you love Cody. Because his wife in her early twenties, uh, I fantasize uh-huh. about her. Yeah, well, and, and I believe I that I could probably take her from Cody because I'm a barista. Well, I mean, baristas are, I mean, let's be honest, probably in the top 2% of gigolo, you know, jobs that uh, the gigolos would want to have would be baristas. Juggalos? Right up there. Juggalos. Yeah, good old juggalos. Uh, okay, what are some other, okay, how about, uh, I'm trying to find sports because a lot of these are baseball for some reason, and we're not the biggest baseball people. Uh, how about uh, no? I, I actually, I actually, I actually am a, a big baseball guy. Other I'm a baseball than, guy like, for that sort of stuff. This year yeah, and like maybe like one other year. All right. Well, I'll, I'll go from the front, and uh, I'm not a big golf guy, so I'll skip the golf ones unless they're guys that I actually think we might know. Okay. Well, this one will resonate with you. Uh, uh, 2013 NBA Finals. Spurs 28 seconds away from winning Game Six and blow it to the Heat. Heat win Game Seven. In Game title. Six, when Ray Allen made that three. Um, it just says Spurs were 28 seconds away from clinching the 2013 NBA Final. League officials were setting up the championship presentation. Then the Heat hit. Yeah, it must have been Heat hit. Two clutch three-point shots to send the game into overtime, and they eventually won, and then won Game Seven. Yeah, that was a, a kind of a no-brainer. Um, the big shot was Ray Allen step back three-pointer. Um, when my cat decides to make his first appearance, it's fucking prick. Hey, baby, how's um, it going? You sweet cat, don't let Thomas tell you otherwise. He's a dude named Baby. Let's 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 be honest. He's a little more sweet than you, you mean. You got to try. You never know who's gonna blow up when they go to the bathroom and come back. But anyway, um, <laughs> no, I, uh, you know, I'd, I'd I rather categorize. Story, to be honest. You said you think you do or don't. I don't really recall this. But then I wasn't there. I was, it was LeBron with the not one, not two, not five, not seven, you know, uh, shit. And then they lost. Okay, well, I remember that. And game, they got maybe. there. And uh, and they I were mean, down me, uh, game six. A, a bigger, a big choke really has to, should really be a game, should be a deciding game. Because you really got a whole other game yet to, to well, they, they, I mean, and win, right? They had, it was one of those, like, uh, freaky Things in this one, I will disagree with your um, your belief on that. But it, this is one of those ones with an asterisk because it was the big four, really, or big three, I guess. But um, God, it's only 2013. It was LeBron, Chris Bosh, Ray Allen wasn't the third. I guess, though, he, he I guess the fourth? point would be, though, is that if you put any two teams... Wait, 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 wait. Dwayne, hold on. Dwayne Wade. I don't so know Ray Allen was at the, that point. Ray, Ray Allen was the fourth. So it was the big four against the machine of San Antonio and Greg Popovich and their system and Manu and Tony Parker, et cetera. Tim Duncan, of course. And, 
you got you got to do. I mean, I hate to use the word choke because they're better than us and they're professionals and stuff. Right. And, you know, but, but they, you know, they clearly they had the game in hand. If you are if you are leading by six points with twenty eight seconds left, you really shouldn't lose. Not no, to, not you to two, not to two threes. That shouldn't happen. What sucks is I can't remember how the what the second one or maybe the first one that put them in the position to get the second one. Ray Allen is the one that's always on the highlights and the one I remember. Oh no, they didn't. Vividly yeah, they watching. didn't give enough. They didn't give enough for this story. And like I said, I'm not. I wasn't the biggest basketball fan, so I don't really, I don't have a lot to work with. I figured you would, but I guess those really aren't your teams involved either. So, no, I remember the game vividly. Nate would probably be like, "It was uh, yeah, Nate." Dwayne Wade had had gave a Jimmy go, and they made a switch. I I do I do not remember the, the second. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, fair enough. But still, but we will agree that that's a that's a fairly concise choke. Um, the next one kills me. Cowboys down twenty-one twenty to Seattle, two thousand and seven playoff game. All Tony Romo has to do is catch the snap, field goal. Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. What does Tony Romo do? What Tony Romo does best. He fumbles that motherfucker. And eats it, and the Cowboys lose. You probably loved every minute of that. Oh, of course I did. Um, I, I'm not like but as uh, far one as chokes. But as far as chokes go, that's a pretty massive choke. Um, yeah, that was that was kind of fucked up. I mean, you could always look at the long snapper. You could always look at Tony. Tony's the one most visible. Uh, you know, I'm I'm just going by the memory in my head and not anything. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if there – I don't recall there being anything off about the snap. I think he just – the pressure got to him for a moment, for a split second, and he boffed it. Well, Tony uh, – I mean, it happens, I guess, he, but – You did say he did what he does best, but actually he commentates best. He doesn't fumble. He doesn't yes, he fumble is, as well as he, he commentates. He missed his calling. He he, think how good he'd be if he had ten or fifteen years underneath his belt already. Well, there's a problem there where where it couldn't really happen unless it's fifteen years from now because he's actually played under these systems and can kind of. Some fans are. You're right though. He is very good. He's one of the best. Well, he's actually he's the best color guy, they got, and he seems to have managed. some of these idiot fans are actually outraged that he will like be like, look for a screen here, and they'll throw a screen. He'll be like, Tony Romo's fucking calling the plays, man. Like, fuck you and your fantasy team, you dick, in, in your fucking garage. Why wouldn't you, you if idiot. you know that's what's coming? Right. I mean, he's very rarely wrong, and I, and I like I, he doesn't – he hasn't showed much bias either, which I can't imagine can't be easy. He's delusional at Stephanie McMahon. Delusional? <laughs> what the fuck that was about? That one's got me scratching my head still. I looked at that one for a while and couldn't figure that one out. That's an inside joke. No, I, 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 I know. I know what. I know what zero. What the zeros are talking about. Yeah, well, the zeros don't realize the ones can talk to the twos, but the zeros can't. 
So. Silly, silly boys. Boys who want to play games. But anyhow, um, moving on to the jokes. Uh, this is another one I remember watching, and I was awestruck that uh, uh, New Orleans Saints down uh, all they needed was a field goal to get a game in overtime, and John Carney, who was Mr. Reliable, pulled one left him. And he just found an extra point. wasn't even a field goal. Just had to put the extra point in to take him to overtime, and he whiffed it. That was a 2003. That that took them out of the playoffs. Well, think of his name, John Carney. Um, John Carney. Carney. Yeah. Carney's where pro wrestling originated um, in the carnival circuit. Carney yeah, is a language that was. Is a language that was spoken, uh, where the words uh, that Snoop Dogg uses, like "shizzle my nizzle," it was Mizark for a mark, and etc. You use the uh, "is" in between, and he's a carny, so you never know with the NFL gambling multi-million-dollar, multi-billion-dollar industry. Uh, prior, well, is that not legalized. in all honesty? Is that not the first thing that comes into your mind just about uh, – I, 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 okay, the first thing that goes, holy fuck, I can't believe he missed that. Then the next thing that usually goes through my head is, was that legit? Well, in 2003, the first thing that went through my mind was, motherfucker, how am I going to pay the book? But Because I, I have to, you know, a, a thing, you know, missing a field goal. Okay, a lot can play a part in that besides just the kick. But an extra point, I mean, sure, unless an extra point gets blocked, there's no reason to miss an extra point. I mean, that guy probably kicked thousands of those. Now, you know, a 50-yard field goal, all right, okay, that's a little bit different story. Um, you can miss those when there's nobody out on the field. When they're just kicking them in practice, they miss them. But the, the extra point's a bit, that's a bit tough to swallow. Now John Carney's a little well, white boy, so maybe maybe he got. Uh, yeah, I mean you never know. I'm not saying it wasn't on the up and up. I'm just saying it does occur to me when stuff like that happens that that if somebody isn't on the take, or if there isn't some money involved somewhere along the line. I mean, this is uh, <clears throat> this could be considered an Alex Jones uh, show of sports mishaps, but. You know, there's 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 two sides of thinking. There is that one that we've already discussed, which is very realistic and has happened in a lot of places and can be proven. Um, for you know, look up Boston College, for instance, with point shaving and yeah, partic- Tim Donahue and everything else. At the college the level, it has been proven several times sure. at the college level that, that that there's there's shave point shaving and all the rest, but. The human element is uh, something I always look at when things happen is, you know, some days you're not as on as a human being as you well, should no, fair be. Enough, yeah. I mean, we've all and watched. Mr. Uh, Carney, Mr. Carney could have got overwhelmed maybe. by the moment. Could have got overwhelmed by the moment uh, because he was thinking in between. You know, the, the life of a kicker is not very exciting 
And in most cases, unless they're like Sebastian Janikowski or our guy, David, um, why can't I remember our kicker? Oh, that's David, David Aker. David yeah, of, of years past, uh, most kickers are, are not well-received in the locker room by the macho, um, you know, skill players and linemen and so forth. But, you know, they love them when they win the game for them. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, if you're not right mentally, and uh, even if it's for one day or one moment in time, shit happens. I mean, we've all seen uh, or watched games where uh, the quarterback Places is out. Uh, just, you know, he's just not quite there. You know, the, the passes are yeah. missing by off the fingertips. Or he's overthrowing guys by a yard or underthrowing them by a yard. And he or in Donovan McNabb's quite... case, underthrowing them by seven yards. <laughs> or by Romo's throwing it to the other team. Yeah. Yeah, I watched enough of that in my career to to uh yeah. <laughs> Tony Romo. One of the best quarterbacks ever to ever play the game who just couldn't get it done when it really mattered. For whatever reasons. Jessica Simpson's big tits probably. Maybe. You know, uh you know, then you take, like, again, I'm sure you remember this game, too, and I remember watching this one, too, and thinking, because uh, I remember uh, uh, one of the quarterbacks involved used to play in the CFL before he went back to, went to the NFL, uh, the Houston Oilers and the Buffalo Bills, one of the biggest wow. uh, comebacks in playoff history, a 35-3 lead at the half, uh, ends up uh, 41-38 for uh, Buffalo on overtime. And you, and you tell yourself, like, how can a team – how can a team beat somebody 35-3 to for the first half and have it turn totally the other way around in the second half? Uh, I believe I – I know I watched that. I believe I uh, – I mean, Warren, we're on the right Warren side of the Moon, bet there. Yeah, Warren Moon picked apart the, the, the uh, Buffalo defense like they weren't even out on the field. Then worse for the uh, Buffalo Bills, Jim Kelly got hurt. He didn't. He, he wasn't right. at least Jim Kelly. I could have saw it was Frank Reich, was the backup quarterback, and the players cool. barely knew him. And who was our uh, quarterback coach last year? Is now a head coach. And maybe I'm laughing. I watched. The, I think we had an ESPN thirty on thirty about that. I believe, or is there something like that? And I watched the interviews, and the guys were going, "You know, we didn't really know him," and he kept. He was so positive, and we were like, you know, this, this fucking guy's crazy. But he just kept going back out there and getting it done, and all of a sudden, you know, we started to believe. And by the end of the fourth quarter, we just we, we knew we were going to win. We just had to <clears throat> stand there and move the, move the ball far enough to, to get the victory, and they did. But, I mean, kind of makes you okay. On the flip side of it, what, were, what was Houston doing? Counting their, uh, making their plane tickets and all that other shit for uh, next. I guess, eh? Because, I mean, that does it does happen where a team gets ahead of itself. Yeah, football is a weird sport. The momentum is big in football. That is true. Uh, I remember watching that one though and thinking that was a crazy, especially because I knew Warren Moon so well because he played for the Edmonton Eskimos. So it's, 
big Canadian team up here. Uh, what's some other ones? Yeah, 2007 Patriots, but they suck with the Patriots. Fuck them. Um, well, the Music City Miracle was a... Uh, 2008, they blew the... Uh, they were... Uh, was that their perfect year? Oh, the yeah, 18 and 0. They were 18 and 0 into the head. Super Bowl and uh, 18 and 0 and going into the Super Bowl and couldn't beat the Giants. That's the year that that douchebag caught the ball on his head from Eli, right, or whatever his name was, Michael. I believe uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. That was just, his name. He, I, he was a household name uh, then. Not Beckham. No. Um, it was a it was a no it was like a fucking scrub, but he, he made that catch. David Tyree? Uh, no, I don't that, think. That's the name I have in my head, but uh, two thousand. Uh, well, it could be, but it, uh, that's not jumping out. No, yeah, that, that that's something else. I think that's earlier than or newer than two thousand and seven. Uh, two thousand and seven Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, that was the only cool. Super Bowl I rooted for the Patriots because Randy Moss was part of that, and I was always a big Randy Moss fan. And they were what? going for a perfect season. I like his in front of my eyes. Would that have been the two? Would that have been the two thousand and eight Super Bowl then? Fuck if I know. You're the one who brought it up. Well, two, well it says two thousand and eight, but the two thousand and seven Super Bowl is the Colts. So it must have been the 2008 Super Bowl. I must have my years fucked up. Well, um, you know, football season starts in September and crosses yeah, over the next okay. year. Giants, so. Yeah, Giants beat Patriots 17-14. Uh, um, it might two be late touchdown. Two late uh, Giant touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Game summary, fourth quarter. Yes, it was David Tyree. 80-yard drive with a five-yard touchdown pass to unheralded wide receiver David Tyree. No, not the touchdown. The the catch on his head was like fourth oh, down. Oh, no. Man, what do you want from me? Catch on the head now. Um, why That's is that? I didn't type in Super Bowl. In history. I didn't type in Super too. Bowl catch on the head. Um, you know, I would think it would be... A, Part of the game summary or something that it was one of the because it was like the biggest play in fucking history. It was David. It he was caught David it on Tyree. his helmet. Yeah, David Tyree uh, with. Uh, I didn't know he, uh, he went on to catch the touchdown pass as well. Yeah, down down fourteen ten. Uh, New York got the ball on their seventeen with two thirty nine left and went eighty three yards. The drive's most memorable play was David Tyree's helmet catch, a leaping one handed catch. For a 32-yard gain, wide receiver Plexico Burris then scored the winning touchdown, and there you go. Yeah, that makes sense. So he had to he had the TD before that to make it uh, ten to ten to fourteen to seven or ten to seven. Then the Patri- yeah, and then the Patriots scored, and then they got another one. David, do you Tyree remember who Plexico played? Yeah, I remember Plexico. Good old Plexico. Tyree even played for Steelers. Yes. Yeah, I imagine he's out of the game, eh? 
He is the New York Giants Director of Player Development. Mm. Get a cushy job when you make a helmet catch. Mm-hmm. I guess so. Well, get a Super Bowl for a franchise that never really has never really measured up. That maybe does. Uh, does Canada know what fourth and twenty six means? Well, Tim does. <laughs> I would imagine there okay. might be parts of Canada that don't, but yeah, uh, Freddie Mitchell never got that um, cushy job in the office. For making that catch, but yeah. anyway, uh, I'm trying to. I was trying to figure out the. Uh, uh, where the hell was I going with that? Oh, the the, the Giants and a franchise that never really, uh, never really lived up to the fame, or, you know, the, the the hype of being the New York Giants. But no, I mean uh, they got two. They, old? they got two parades. Super Aren't they under owned Eli. by uh, uh, they got some kind of t- Hollywood ties? One of their owners. Oh God! Yeah, it's painful to say. Um, one of their owners is uh, is a Mar- John Mar- is a John Mara, and it's either his nieces or I'm not exactly sure, but you know, you know. Uh, they're both actresses, Rooney Mara and can't remember the other one's name. They're both fucking nuttier than nuts. They're like what you would expect from Rooney and Kate Mara. They're his they're his nieces. Because I know I had read somewhere that they're uh, was part of the boyfriend test. That uh you had to name your favorite football team and if of course if it wasn't the Giants out the door you went. To which I would have replied, hmm. "Good, because, good, because I'm not cheering for the fucking New York Giants. It's not going to happen. Even if this is the best pussy in the fucking face of the earth, I'm still not cheering for the New York Giants. Sorry, can't do it." Well, I'm a uh, present day. <clears throat> I may have made this known. I don't know. Present day, uh, lustful fan of Kelly Ripa. The three child having uh fifty year old ish who looks twenty two and like you could pick her up with one hand and and throw her for a thirty yard completion yes, excuse me for chewing. she's so tiny because she's so tiny. Yeah, she's tiny. Um, yeah, she's tiny. Yeah, no two ways around it. But, but for yeah. years, kind of foxy though. For years, when I was interracial dating and a fan, pornography-wise of blacks on blondes, I loved the pairing of her and Michael Strahan. Oh yes, and then Strahan bailed. Yeah, she didn't like that, and she has a. Uh, I believe Mexican or Puerto Rican husband, Mark Consuelos. Um, yes. So I always imagined that she was a little uh, open-minded. Maybe she. And I could. Maybe I, she, I, uh, I just imagined uh, Strahan sacking her, for lack of a better term. Maybe there was a little bit of uh, a little bit of professional jealousy there. One can never maybe. Know. 
And then, and then to throw just to throw another rope into that whole New York Giant fucking ownership thing. John Mara is right. the uncle of Art Rooney, who owns the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. So keeping it in the family. You gotta love a family that owns the fucking Pittsburgh Steelers and the New York Giants. Somebody's doing something yeah. right, eh? No. Yeah, usually uh yeah, that's just, usually just two generations money. ago somebody worked hard and the fucking idiots uh reap the benefits that do nothing in their life. But hey. Yeah, you you'll find out that I don't doubt if you went back and looked you'd find out that this guy uh he bought the franchise in the AFL or something like that for ten thousand bucks. And uh <clears throat> when they mer- when the AFL and the NFL merged. Uh that it, it, it became what it became, right? And hell, the guy that used to own the, uh, not anymore, but the guy who used to own the Edmonton Oilers was a nobody back in the day. He, was, yeah, he scraped together a million dollars and bought the Oilers. Well, Christ, now, I don't even know. I mean, the Oilers are probably worth two, three hundred million, if not more. And, and that's just to own them. That, that You would have to have another two hundred million dollars to operate them. I mean, yeah, he, this is why I laugh when this is what I laugh when guys like me. Okay, well, LeBron, what did he sign? You know, one hundred and forty million or seventy million or whatever it was. And they go, oh, you know, oh, LeBron, he's he's so rich. No, the motherfucker that 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 gave him that money, that's the rich guy. That uh, I guess it's well, that's a Chris Rock joke. Uh, Shaq's rich, but the owner's wealthy. Yeah, the owner is wealthy. Like the I guess is it the buses who still own uh, the Lakers. Um, one of them, Jeannie or something. The Jeannie, doctor left I think the daughter, song the daughter is still alive. The son, yeah, yeah the okay, son was fucking shit the, up or whatever. Majority owner is the Bus Family Trust. Well, there's a few Magic Johnson will end up. I mean, the fucker got rid of AIDS. Yeah, you got to talk about it. You know, a, a guy who 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 stuck his tongue out at AIDS and and crushed it. <laughs> That's that's a guy. Yeah, what a, what a stud he must be. What a stud. I don't. Be. I really would like to get to the truth of that story, but it'll never come true. You know, he claimed that well, he was I just know, you know going to orgies. I know that they had actually they have done studies on his blood to try to figure out like in his immune system and all that shit, to try to figure out what it is about him, if there is something, that why his H- why his HIV has always just stayed HIV and has never turned into AIDS. Just as they've done with, uh, they, they did another one with Ozzy Osbourne. Why, why the amount of, you know, that any other man, short of Keith Richards, had consumed the amount of alcohol and, and done all the shit he's done and why he still functions because he shouldn't be able to. And if there was something genetically uh, different about him that they could, you know, that they could somehow maybe, uh, I mean, he's been HIV, HIV positive since 1991. I mean, nearly 30 years. Well, I believe the latest claim is that he has no, he's not even positive anymore. Well, that's possible, I guess. I may, I, I may be anybody would ever know. We'd have to look that up, but 
you know, I mean, short, um, of, short of the taking the blood test and testing it, you know, how would you ever know? Well, I mean, I'm sure he's he's been through all that, and the virus is in your system, whether it's the uh, incubated or whatever the fucking terminology would be to turn it. Yeah, I'm not sure aid. what's required it, in the uh, what switches it never turned to the other, but uh, I'm sure with his uh, resources. You know, just to not, you know, not go on a tangent, but if you go to Panama and you listen to Joe Rogan once in a while, uh, you can get stem cell shots um, and basically uh, stop everything that's wrong with you um, for the most part and kind of restart things, at least give yourself like a 10-year hiatus. So God knows where he went and which advancements that won't be, you know, Pushed through in the United States and the USDA and all that kind of shit. I mean, I've heard you know, uh, I've heard similar rumors about people with cancer who have went and had their um, blood swapped out. Basically, their entire blood supply in their body yanked and fresh stuff put in that doesn't have cancer in it. No. Yeah, there, there's probably a way uh, if you have the resources. Yeah, yeah, who knows, right? I mean, mean, that's. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's so far beyond my pay grade that. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. yeah, sure. I mean, if the world if the world's going to end and we got to send the lifeboats out to Mars, I mean, yeah, sure, we're going to be on there for entertainment's sake. But I mean, if the world had well, a front porch, like we yeah, did back I then, would be anyway. I mean, I won't speak for anybody else, but they're going to take you me. Didn't, uh... Of the world, what? No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You didn't get that, and so I guess your trip is not going to be as thorough as I thought. I might, if I might the world had a front porch like we did back then. Well, I'm sorry. Hmm. That's all right. Well, I'm fucking Do we have a guy hanging. Well, we have an up, upcoming uh, challenge. So I don't know. Reveal oh, an answer, answer to a possible question. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Well, yeah. Well, that would be why I'm not too up on the country tunage. I, I got to be honest. I mean, I'm, I probably learned as much uh, looking at uh, trying to put together some questions as I knew. So, a lot of the names, uh, a lot of the names, uh, like I knew that I know the names, but then I'm in trouble after that. Like I don't know. Uh, um, well, I shouldn't say I don't know them. They're not up in that in that first part of your memory. They're in that part where somebody goes, reads the name, and you go, okay, yes, no, I, I have heard of that. I couldn't recall it, but now that you've said it, I do remember it, and now I can sing two words to that song that I couldn't give you five minutes ago. I just you know, here's, here's, to be able to... Here's swaying, here's swaying to the uh, right or left, I don't know, not politically, but, you know, uh, not on the on topic, but um, you know, Rogan always talks about it now scientifically being fact that the frontal lobe is not developed until you're 25 years of age as a human being. So it uh, <clears throat> makes sense that some of the mistakes you made from 25 and under, a.k.a. millennials, are partially to blame because they're not fully developed mentally, uh, and science has proven that. Um there's also a, a prominent doctor somewhere whose name I forget that pushed for his nephew to get a brain scan 
um, and couldn't get it done because his nephew was a pretty awful person at nine years old, like talking about killing people and stuff. And uh, you know, I don't know if I'll defend this because that would go against, you know, my rage against these dorky white mass shooters. <laughs> but he got a brain scan and he had a, a situation that was different than normal brain. And then he got a surgery that a lot of people wouldn't do. And one doctor that separated the famous um, conjoined twins that were connected by the head. Uh, I don't know the doctor's name, but it's easy to look up if you Google that. Um, he found this uh, thing. I mean, it was already found, rather, but he agreed to remove it. And now the kid's like a sweetheart and great in school and et cetera, et cetera, uh, with the Canadian free health care. Um, with the mental illness that was brought public more so with uh, Mauro Ranallo's bipolar rock and roller and, uh, you know, AJ, whatever her name is, and pro wrestling CM Punk's girlfriend slash wife. And the more people coming out, so to speak, with mental illness, uh, Kevin Love, DeMar DeRozan, and the NBA, uh, these brain scans should be more accessible and um in my opinion because uh i'm a guy who's always been how i feel and there's always been the theory yeah there's always been the theory that there was something that all of those whatever the conditions um you know alcoholic uh Serial, serial killer, rapist, whatever it might be, that all of those things that there, you know, that was something that wasn't quite right in your uh, in your brain somewhere. Physiology that should have been brain, brain chemistry. Yeah, something, yeah, something that should have something that should have been this big wasn't, or something that should only be this big is twice that size, or whatever the case may be. Not mm-hmm. unlike not unlike diseases of the of the body, where you know you're missing the you got that because you're missing a chromosome or your whatever this was didn't grow as big as it should have and therefore you didn't make enough of this stuff and then it made your feet too small or whatever you know, whatever the hell it might be. Um, there was a time when they used to give people lobotomies. But that just yes, kind of was. turns you into a... What's that? I said yes, there was. And, and, I mean, but that just kind of turns you into a zombie, though. I don't know that that is, uh, that's kind of taking out everything, almost, and just making you. If I make enough know, money, brother, I'll step in line. Have a meeting. If I make enough money to just be a, a fucking chill dude, uh, just wandering around aimlessly with money to pay for everything I do, I'm good with that. But I would have to think, if they could find the genetic link... Um, for what makes you want to be a serial killer or a rapist or a child molester or a pedophile, any of that stuff, then you could go in there and turn it off. Aren't you sort of almost morally obligated to to do that? I would think. If the technology is available and... uh, If the technology exists, shouldn't shouldn't that be something that should just... You know, you should go in when you're five years old and you're going to get your uh, your uh, shots or whatever, and it's yeah. okay. Yeah, we got to do the we got to do the little X-ray here for uh, serial killer. Oh, oh, good thing we did that. Look at this. Check this shit out. Johnny's gonna right. be fucking 
axe murdering people by the time he's 12. Good thing we got that. We'll schedule uh, little Johnny for a little snip there, and that'll be fine. Why wouldn't you? See, I I would add that uh, because I I, I don't believe in the defense of of horrible crimes, um, molestation and murder and hurting of the innocent in general, Um, even if what we are discussing that I actually brought up um, is legitimate. I don't like that as an excuse. I, I bet there's other cases where people have that and do not do those things. Well, so, it, yeah, it it doesn't mean it doesn't give you a pass to to being bad any more than you know. Okay, well, you got but cancer. I do believe, that gives you. But I do believe that if uh, if these brain scans weren't. I mean, how much can it really cost? You know what I mean? Uh, that's another one take of it on a things. human level, if you own a it's bar, another one of those things. And you order beers you show, in bulk. Yeah, if you the, could show anybody beer. that that it worked. You know, here we have ten confirmed cases where we know for a fact that we prevented this. People wouldn't care what it costs. Wouldn't even matter. Yeah, but I mean, it, my my argument was not really going that direction. I was just like. Uh, if people weren't consumed with uh, monetary profit, then, you know, this type of thing really doesn't, I mean, of course it was an expensive creation and what have you, but to operate it and do such an exam. Well, really, this is going to probably cost another one one hundredth of what they charge people. Probably. But well, we could take that a step deeper. You could probably prevent that before birth. Here is, uh, you know, when you when they I mean they run all kinds of tests for autism and you know, things like that before a baby even comes out of the womb. Okay, your baby's born and that's the first thing, you, and you have a choice to make. You want to uh, you want to have that done, you know, whenever it's possible to do it. If, it, if it's an age limit or whatever, where it's not safe to do when they're wee babies or whatever. Okay, fine, but you know you got until age. Tend to get this done to this kid, and if we you don't do it, the state's going to do it for you. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Uh, now that I starts to get don't. into some pretty that gets into some pretty sneaky ground there, of course, but because now we're talking about the states uh, making these decisions for the individual, and I know a lot of people don't like that, but. I'm also pretty fond of no serial killers. Kind of works for me too, though. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's true, Tim, because the words "serial killer," "serial killers" have came out about seven times in this podcast, and like uh, molesters and uh, murderers and rapists came out like two, three. Maybe we need to scan Tim Dumbrova's brain. What's going up there, Dexter? Well, you never know. They say that everybody has the capacity for a certain level of violence, but until you're wow. faced with, but until you're faced with that level of violence, you don't really know what it is. Take it easy. There are, well, because there are, but I mean, we know for a fact. We, I mean, they know from the wars and stuff. There are guys that just can't kill people. They just can't do it. I know it from uh, my kitchen. 
you can make all the yeah. <laughs> well, that's a whole other story. But you can make all the arguments you want about these guys are bad and they don't deserve their, to live. And if you don't shoot him, he's going to shoot you. And that still didn't work. There was all kinds of conscientious objectors. Who just uh, no, I just I can't wrap my mind about around that being right. Then we also know there was a nice segment of the population that not only would do it, but enjoy doing it. And that's equally yeah. scary. But, yeah. You know, like they, you know, there are people that come back from uh, came back from World War Two or the middle of uh, Vietnam and were fucking messed up. You know, and they made me do some shit over there that was pretty fucking weird, and I don't know where I fit in, and because the thing I like to do most is go out there and kill the enemy, point some, point me in the direction of some enemy. And so yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. You know, they say that you, you know, what would you do to protect your family? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, could you shoot? Everything. Could you shoot another guy? Yeah, you know, yeah. Could you shoot another guy in the head to protect your family? All right. So does that does that make you bad? Not really. When you sign up to be whatever, a police officer, military, et cetera, you know that yeah. uh, I mean, you might taking another human's life. Taking another human's life is a part of the job description. Like if you're dishwashing and you're checking off, uh, you know, things, it's like uh, kill somebody. Like that's part of the gig. Um, me personally, yeah, which is uh, mind, mind-boggling to me, um, Contrary to popular belief, I've never uh, took another human's life, but I certainly could, and I know that for a fact. But uh, I have uh, you know, no, it's usually it's... linked. It's usually linked that that a lot of the the bad guy killers start with uh, easy prey such as animals when they're younger. That and seems to be. I story, still to this anyway. day am not. Say again. <laughs> that seems to be par- uh, uh, a trend, yes. And yeah, not, but, uh, just, not just me. Not just I, killing them, killing them for fun. I've uh, I've always looked out for the innocent. I don't mean to seem like Robin Hood, but more like Robin's son. But home Robin's um, son. Yeah, um, he robs from the poor to give to the rich. What a stupid son of a bitch. But, yeah, I mean, since I was a – I can remember a story when I was very young. Somebody that was physically tougher than me, um, <coughs> whose name I won't mention, a childhood friend, we were coming down another friend's uh, apartment steps. And for whatever reason, he decided to kick a cat that was in the stairwell. Yeah, see, I hate shit like and, that. Well, I punched him in the face, like, without even, that like, been, oh, my God. That would have been there was close no to my process. response. It would have there been, was oh, no you process. Can kick that cat, I kick you, dick. But it, but it wasn't premeditated on, on anything. What you I'm trying to explain is to, that it was a, it was a reaction. It was my genuine You're, reaction before I even knew I did it. And I knocked I mean, my I friend out. That, I always had that trouble playing sports. Because I didn't, I, I, I never, there was always that line, and I never really wanted to cross it. You know, like playing hockey. Yeah, I didn't have any problem smacking a guy into the boards. But once he was laying there, I didn't want to kick him. You know, or, like, I could never do, like, MMA. I could hit the guy once, 
and then when he was wobbling and needed needed finishing off, I couldn't do that. Because at that point, to me, okay, the fight's already over. I I don't need to prove anything by knocking this guy, you know, kicking him eight more times while he's laying here on the ground. Um, I just I don't have that in That's me. That's a tough call. That's a tough call. Well, that MMA particular example you brought up. I could never like like even in a fight. You know, I would I would basically my idea of fighting was okay. I'll, you're going to try to punch me. I'm going to punch you. Then I'm going to grab you and hold you and, and tell you, okay, are we done? Because I'm just not going to let you up until we're done. Until you say we're finished. Because I really don't want to sit here and punch you in the head. It proves nothing. That's a tough call. Um, I got I kind of got sidetracked with the animal thing, like uh, because I was going back to a recent situation, which I won't go in detail about. <clears throat> but I, I I opted to save an animal as opposed to what most people would do because they were considered a rodent. <laughs> but it 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 really was no threat to me, and it it bleeds and so forth, and it was, in the early stages of its life uh, yet if an intruder were to come into my house I would have no yeah that's a whole other ball game yeah but I mean I would have no problem like with the little jujitsu I know with the chokes and so forth or just plain pummeling to death I really would have no remorse, and I'm saying this on international, you know, whatever. Um, yet, I would not. I would. I would be terrified and have horrible dreams about killing an innocent thing. So, my brain needs to be scanned immediately. Well, see, but 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 I feel the same way about that. If somebody, I mean, we're we're talking about a. We're talking about two different levels of um, what we're beating up, okay? Uh, yeah. uh, uh, an animal is not, uh, I mean, uh, if a mouse gets in your house or a cat or uh, a bumblebee or whatever it might be, they're just doing what they've been programmed to do. Yeah, they're just being like, a bumblebee. Right. Whereas if your neighbor from five doors down decides that he has... <laughs> Taking a liking to Wasn't that a band? Five doors. Well, that's three doors. Down. If I go crazy, then will you still call me Superman? You Superman. My head is kryptonite. I know that one. Um, I forgot to mention that on that random band thing. But anyway, go ahead. You know, we'll get there. Um, if somebody comes and, you know, and my door is locked, and they know my door is locked, and they decide to kick it in, to come and get my stuff and or me, okay, now that's a whole different level of intruder. And I've got a baseball bat on both my both my doors, and if you cracked into my house, you're getting the first shots coming at your legs. You're, you're going to leave here on one at, at best. Because to me, that's, I mean, I have to, I make the assumption at that point that you have come to hurt me. If I get in your way and you're not taking my shit, I work too hard to get it. Go get your own. And we all know that's wrong. This argument of, well, they did uh, too much force. Fuck that. Don't break into people's houses. (laughs) Everybody knows that's wrong. Nobody can sit here and tell me. 
especially in today's society where there's all kinds of places to get food and shelter if you really needed it, if you absolutely really needed it, not because you uh, I couldn't go home because I pissed the old lady off because I uh, pissed the rent away at the poker game, so I can't go home for a couple of days. I thought I'd go over to Billy's, and uh, uh, Billy didn't seem to be home, so I kicked his fucking door in. But Billy was home. Shit. Billy hit me with a bat. Yeah, you're fucking, you had it coming. Well, what if it was mistaken identity and it was Shady McCoy sending somebody to your house to get rid of his old lady who stole everything? <laughs> then I beat them and then I drive. Then I say, get in the car and take me to Shady McCoy's house. And I have a long talk with Shady right. McCoy about, fuck, fuck, dude, you have got a to A long get drive to Georgia. Fuck. You have got to get your shit together, Shady. Really? That'd be a, dude, that'd be a bad... Come. That'd be a bad hire if he went to fucking Grand Prix. Or he ended up in my door, right? Eh? Somebody got their yeah. wires crossed. <laughs> the Real Housewives uh, I, of. Yeah, where was your fucking Grand Prix? That would be something. You know, well, your first clue wasn't that you had to fucking leave the country, that you were maybe not in the right spot. Right. You didn't think to you didn't so, think to call. It was just some dumb hitman who saw Johnny Manziel up there somewhere, and it's like, ah, oh, it must be in the right place. <laughs> Even if he went to where Johnny Manziel was, he's still thousands of miles from me. You, got, yeah. you really got to, you know, what is it when? If you ever, I'm sure you've seen it where Bugs Bunny is you know, pops up and doesn't know where he is and says, "God damn it, I knew I shouldn't have made that left turn at Albuquerque." That I've seen. That's uh, that's the last of the cartoons that I let in my brain. Um, well, I'll tell you, one of those guys. Old, not much beats the old Looney Tunes, though. Bugs Bunny was some pretty good shit. Just if you're more. a first-time listener, I uh, I'm a friend of the comedy community and everything funny, but for some reason I have a bias against The Simpsons, Family Guy, South Park, not, uh, King of the Hill, not big on the Rick animation. and Morty. It's not big on the cartoons. Cartoons or animation just doesn't seem to work for me. And I have to be honest with you, most of the times it doesn't work for me either. Because the kind of humor yeah. I like doesn't come out of cartoons. And you need it out of human somehow, beings. Yeah, it somehow seems wrong coming out of the mouth of a cartoon. But And I um, hate like, I whoever... Her name is Atlanta Gatsby or whatever, with Nanette on like, Netflix. So, fuck you. You don't if you like, like uh, you don't like Disney. You hate the Disney. I don't think so. I've never been there. No, but if you don't like cartoons and animated stuff, you must pretty much hate the Disney. I probably or is it say only, I or don't is it only hate comedy? it, but I'm not it. I'm not interested. Or there's only comedy that you hate animated. I don't know. What, you watch? Give me an example. Well, I mean, it's like Disney count. does, like, you know, fucking, I don't know, Bambi and, you know, Seven Dwarfs and Snow White and all this kind of shit. Yeah, I kind of hate fucking all animated. that. Yeah, okay, see, so do I. I can never see the point of it. You know, if you want to show me a pretty girl in dwarfs, well, let's get some real dwarfs and a pretty girl, and let's have at her. That's, that's a I'll get a little animation. personal. I'll get a little personal since you brought up Disney. Um my oldest niece, I don't want to reveal her age or her name, but she recently just got back from Disney for something like literally 
uh, I mean, I may be off by one or two either way, but something like the 30th time in her oh, life. Jesus. And wow. she took her three-year-old for his second time. I mean, maybe even third. Which um, the three-year-old will, by the time he's four, will not remember any of. Yeah, but uh, fortunately, I would say unfortunately, but fortunately because, you know, they're a good family, good little family or whatever, besides this Disney obsession, uh, they have the technology that you and I didn't. So what the person doesn't remember, they can always watch, which is nice. But true. This is true. I've, You're right about I've, I've never been there. And this niece of mine, this niece of mine is obsessed with this fucking thing. And uh, it's around 30 times, no shit. And and she's, I said I wouldn't reveal, but she's 36 or 37. I've been there 30. What a nerd. Exactly. She's a 4.0 graduating from college, I mean. Oh, gotta so be she is a nerd in, all, that's the only, in almost every... That's the uh, that's, yeah, that's the only way that works. you got to be a nerd. Um, not to get into it. My mother, my mother, my mother what loves hell, her what and everything. What does that cost for a trip? Like, like I don't 30, know. Like, she, day, like day trips, we're talking? And like just getting up and going? 30 fucking vacations at one time or another. Oh, I don't know. I mean, me the payment. And they got what? Two, how many kids? No, her and her husband have one son, but she was uh, taken by my sister when she was young, and then okay, continued the... by herself uh, and with like her friends and God knows who else in her adult years until she found the right man, and then she we're talking went about with him without the kid Disney? and everything else. Yeah, we're talking about Disney yeah. World, whatever Disney the Florida World, one is. Florida? Disney World, I think. Well, my kid, I've never been. My kid has been, though. And I was glad I'd never been because when I saw the price, I remember telling my parents, um, well, the only way he's going is if you're paying for it because I'm not paying that amount for because he was, I don't know, six or something. I said, I mean, I just cannot justify that kind of money for fucking cartoons. <laughs> I just can't. I can't do it. Luckily for me, See, I'm, him and my parents. I'm wired. My parents were I mean, okay with that, so they paid for it. But yeah, it was ridiculous, and that's about 18 years ago. I'm wired so differently than well, I'm, my, my whole family's wired differently than than human beings. We all have a, a weird ass physiology of brains. Uh, receptacles and so forth, but I'm wired so differently than her. Like, I would uh, I would go 30 times to a bunch of naked, uh, mindless, hot chicks that you could just lay in between and decide to have sex with <laughs> for your vacation. But, that would be my magical but, kingdom. Yes, but they would have to be different girls at least every second trip. Um, There's no way I could... <clears throat> You couldn't go thirty times through the same twenty girls. By time well, people 30, wouldn't say I was old. People wouldn't say I was fucking right? goofy. Anyway, that's an old joke. No, true, but I'm just I'm being I'm being literal. I could see going to uh, the strippers thirty times 
but not to see the same strippers, which, I mean, really not that much changes at Disney World. A little bit, but the general gist of it is the same. Speaking of strippers. After the the 15th time you've fucking been there. Speaking of strippers, strippers, the fifth largest market in the country used to be the fourth before Houston became so progressive. Uh, however, um, saw a billboard recently that uh, a person I've brought up a couple times. And the only reason I'm aware of this person because when I used to work in the airport, I, I she was on my bus, and somebody pointed her out to me. So, anyhow, her name is a Bonnie Rotten from the adult film industry. Um, she is a a mother. Um, at the time, she was I think a wife or something. I don't know if that still exists, but I saw her on Instagram. She recently got bigger boobs. She has spiderweb boobs, and she's known for squirting. Um, oh, yeah. She will be in Philadelphia next weekend, July 19th to July 21st, in an establishment that I was actually offered the door job at one point when in my uh, heyday of uh, giantism. And okay. uh, Let's cut to the chase. Will you be attending? Oh. I'm sure I could pull some strings and uh, kind of get a, a thing. And But part of me at my age now is not about, because she's so close to the age of my daughter, like like four years older. Uh, yeah, she ain't that old. And, she, and she's 25. just kind of, the more I follow the Instagram, she's kind of like, she's playing hip-hop and sticking her tongue out and stuff. And she's just, well, fucks, she, seems so, she seems so lost to me. That I feel like I could meet her to guide her and save her, as opposed to the old me who wanted to meet porn stars to have yeah. no, yeah, yeah. stupid yeah. sex with. And she looks, she looks like uh, she might be somebody that I could have a good conversation with. And then once you found well, out, I mean, once you got yeah. past the bullshit and found out what was really going on there, right, you, might have you, know, words, you, you might have some or... words of wisdom for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah you have a dad. Both, both dads. Did you already make like two million or something? Can you just kind of chill and get a boyfriend who has a good job? And yeah, like why do you? It would be my first. It would be my first question. Or like, are you financially set at this point? And if the answer was yes, it would be what the fuck are you doing this for? You're fucking good looking. But then You're if young I got enough yet, I don't know how it goes up where you live though. Because I, as I said in the last show too many times, ad nauseum, I bounced in that industry. But then I, I, I visited a bouncer friend at another place locally. And I said, I'm going to stay. You know, Jimmy was busy, my friend Jimmy. And the chicks came around. And one just knew what to do. And I was like, hey, uh, I'm cool. And she kept grinding and rubbing. Next thing I know, I'm in the back fucking getting a cab stamp. So I am susceptible um, so in my uh, fatherly uh, guidance, if if, so if this, uh, Bonnie if Rodden or somebody of that ilk were to decide she needs to check out TR's dipstick, that TR's in trouble. Well, if they, if if they, you know, there's a certain there's sexual beings on this earth that, you know, you can go on a strip joint and there's 
let's say I mean, she's a good a looking one. one. She's good looking. I mean, it would. I, let's be honest. If she if she did put they're the all good. I mean, they're not all, but let's just say they're all good looking. They all got big boobs and they all got nice butts and they're all clean shaved. Well, this chick you name does it. not look. She does not look. At least in the picture I'm looking at, she does not look like the ravages of the porn industry have quite caught up to her yet. Mm, if you watch her stuff, it's a little rough. But anyway, okay, well, um, I haven't so. But back to the point, like some of them are, some people just in general are such sexual beings that you forget every goddamn moral fiber in your body after about 20 seconds because they're so, um, they're just abnormally uh, sexual. Like they like not to say I want to bang Vince McMahon, but it's the same sort of thing. They have that aura about them. There's certain people that when they walk in the room, you know they're there. They don't even have to say anything. They have that fucking. In his case, it's kind of machismo almost. I guess I don't really know what else I would call it, but they have that. Uh, you know, they walk into the room and own it. I. Yeah. And 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 there are some but, women, but different with as far as sex appeal goes, that they walk into the room and you know, I don't know your name, I don't know who you are, but god damn. Yeah, I'm actually going a, a level further to where there's interaction and like the female version there's some just sexual beings that they'll even give you the answer you want simultaneously while doing something in their subconscious that you're not even noticing, but all of a sudden you're ready to literally yeah. have sex with them on the spot. And in the Vincent Man case, I get what you're saying. Yeah, well, he's a male, uh, so that doesn't quite work the same way. But but they say there's some kind of chemical, uh, you know, that, that some people just mesh better than other people. Would because it's got nothing to do with uh, what they look like or anything else. They just work on a biological level. Like I can give you a literal example. The last time when Jimmy, uh, you know, I was there and I was in the back. All of a sudden, it was almost like an out of body experience with in body, of course. But uh, this this girl had obviously, you know, you know, had about half my age, but uh, uh, you know, perfectly attractive. Um, and the couch, couch dance was, uh, like, extremely erotic. And I was still with my uh, prepared babble to keep them moving, so to speak, give them $1 just to keep moving until Jimmy got back. That was my game plan. And she pierced through that, like, within seconds. And I was like, uh, so what's the old man like, meaning, like, her dude? Because, you know, most of them have dudes. And most of the dudes that they have are dickheads, like, leech from them. She's like, I'm so over him, you know, but she was still doing the simultaneous insatiable sexual things to me as I, as we were having a normal conversation that it was impenetrable, um, not the <laughs> vagina or the anus, but the, but the mental part and the uh, social part. And she told me her whole story, but it didn't really change the fact that 
on song number three, I was ready to go to town and didn't give a fuck what her name was, who she was, who her dad or mom or sister or boyfriend was. And kind of sucks. So maybe if uh, my <laughs> new schedule permits, that I will attempt to, to change the well, I must adult say. films, AVN Star of the Year, one of those years, uh, Bonnie for Rodden. Best, for, best, uh, for best three-way scene. And, uh, mm. I, uh, I just put. I just went into the old Pornhub there and just put her name in just to see what would come up. But Bonnie Rotten's out. She's a dirty girl. No, you don't even want to watch because it's, it's, uh, most of it's disturbing. It's like choke scenes. And yeah, stuff. it looks. It's um, not my. That's not my kind of porn. I don't want to see people. But that that that's uh, kind of the Doctor Phil in me that wants to meet her, but. Much yeah, like wrestling, I'm not gonna pay to meet meet this fucking chick. Like uh, I'll I'll just fucking holler at somebody who knows where she's staying and buy her a drink or something. You know, I mean. I mean, as soon as it's I lonely on the road. As soon as, I, as soon as I see the word piss, I'm I'm done. Because anyone really? would let up. I didn't know that yeah, Bonnie did one. piss porn. Well, it appears uh, it appeared that that's what it looked like was going on. And I just gave you let a man piss on you. There's you have some self-esteem issues that you should work on, because that's just gross. Nothing really. Nothing I was going to ask about. if you were up for that. <laughs> nothing erotic. Kidding. Nothing erotic about that for me. Sorry. Nate nah. Just I... up the, Nate. Nate just turned the podcast off and is crying silently to himself. <laughs> That's a joke, right? He really is an up listener. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a joke. I can just hear him. <laughs> They're not into piss porn. Oh, here's the thing. They're not into urine porn. By God. What am here's I the thing do? about piss porn. It originated in West Virginia. <laughs> Everything is originated in West Virginia, I'm pretty sure. And, and, and I'm pretty sure every correctly, guest we've ever had on the every guest we've ever had on the fucking show is from West Virginia too. Here's the thing. If done correctly, it is erotic. But when Baron Corbin does it, I hate it. <laughs> and if there's some, there are some podcasts that are not fully licensed and authorized to do the piss porn, but they try to do it anyway, and that's when things go bad. Shit. Here's the thing. Oh, uh, did we plug Shiznit? Because I, I read that on the Wide Men page. Apparently, we have a whole episode where we do nothing but talk about them, which was news to me. I know we did, we yeah. did rag on them. We did rag on them for a while, but I didn't think it was the whole thing. But you know what? They're so fucking awesome. How could we not? I mean, really? It's really delusional. I mean, I mean think about it. I'm the only thing I know about them, in all honesty is the Twitter feed. And the one doesn't seem to be as big a goof as the other one. But the, the one seems to be, a, a, has a small fascination with fat female wrestlers, junk food, and thinking that he's three times funnier than he really is. Which is fine, because a lot of people think they're funnier than they probably are, me included. But uh, other than that, I, I don't know much about... Um, I don't even know what the other one's name is, to be honest. Uh, no, the other one's worse, because the other one's. Uh, yeah, see, I don't know much about the at, other at, one, and he's, at, at, he's, at least, at least, 
at least if you're a dick and you own it, then in some weird way, you have my respect. If you know you're a dick and you act like a dick. But if you're a dick on the sly, like like I always complain to you about privately off air about, you know, even some of the guys that I that I deal with and I may even retweet uh, the the fake profiles. I don't dig that. I think that's fucking lame. You can uh, and you can go on your uh, podcast and say whatever you want. That's your podcast. You're free to do that. Uh, on in print, if you're gonna slam me. Get the name right. Don't 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 beat around the bush and give me three names and uh, wink wink. This is who we're really talking about. Just don't. You know, if you're bored by the soccer podcast, say so. That's okay. I don't mind that. I'm all right with that. But when you you know are like a, nobody let you know. It's just when they go to the shit that's not so. Like if you don't like the podcast, you think it's boring. That's fine. That is your right. You have every. Every A-OK for me to feel that way. Don't listen. Ta-da. We're done. Those guys, uh, they don't have any guests. Or their their, their show is stupid. Okay, well, that's clearly not stupid. We have some of the bigger names in basketball are coming on that show. It's clearly not stupid. It clearly isn't. Is These people, you know, there's, between the hosts and the guests, people know what they're talking about. Now, if you don't like basketball, that's, you know, fine. And that's a reason for not liking it. But when we start the personal shit, well, well, he's an idiot. He don't fucking know nothing. Basketball's barring and causes narcolepsy. Okay, that's just you being jealous of the success you see that the show is having. That's all that is. Yeah, it started with, it started with my former podcast. So now I know it's not really, uh, in, that, in that one individual's case, it's not the show. It's wherever I go. Yeah, that's and that is the, my, that is my problem with it. If you just don't like the show and you want to voice your opinion about it being stupid, that that's I can live with that because at least as long as it's constructive, it can't just be well it's fucking stupid. But the other one is worse. The other one is worse to me because as I as I started to say, uh, if you're a jerk off from the jump and you're consistent. I can respect you know, that to some degree. I know you're a, a jerk off, but at least I know going in. But the the other half is the weasel part, which is the ultimate nothing in this world, who will, um, you know, you and I have private conversations. If I were to copy and paste them, if you were well, to it speak was, it, it, privately, yeah, made, it was like where he put where one of them put well, apparently. You have a show where you talk about us. Well, no, it's not apparently. Yeah. You know we did because somebody either told you or you listened to it. Don't act like it was yeah, on, on the that's... tidbits. You know, you didn't see that on the tidbits of fucking Google News or something. Somebody either told yeah, you or you fucking or you heard it. That's someone I gave the benefit of doubt for many, many years, and uh, and shame on me because other people I could, said he's a fucking weirdo and stuff. Where and I, I was can like, nah, safely can say, with 100% certainty, that I listened to that show when you were on it after you left 605. I haven't listened to it since. I know what it is. I may have listened to it a time or two before that, when you guys were still uh, on the up and ups. 
but I, I can't I can't honestly say that their show sucks or doesn't suck because I don't know because I really don't listen to it. Couldn't tell you. Don't care. I'm the same way. I, I mean, I, I listen to my own episode. To be they seem to be interested in, in pointing out that our show is, is boring and puts people to sleep. Well, well how does it if you don't listen? Way, it's kind of a contradiction. Yeah, right? I'm thinking the only way you could know that is you had to listen to it, and if you didn't, well, then you don't really know that. So then you're a dipshit for saying it. Well, oh, well I mean, very idiot. I, yeah, I, we know this. One way or the or the other, those two were attacking you and Nate because I have nothing to do with soccer. I put as a rib that you were covering it, and I had no idea that you were actually into it. <laughs> And you know and, what? The soccer show has done fairly well. And we got so. like, and we got a shitload of countries since, and I don't think it's coincidence, since the hashtag World Cup has came up. And, uh, you know, I called that one day. No, I didn't. Uh, the caller Scott did one day when Japan was in it. Other than that, I have no involvement in any of those World Cup shows. Like I said, it's, 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 it's funny. They, they, uh, Usually that shit comes when you starting to do, we're starting to get noticed, and that's when people start to get fidgety about what you're doing. I, I guess, but I mean, like he, I mean, one of them, whoever it was. Well, there's plenty of room for our podcast to coexist. Well, of course there is. Your podcast has absolutely nothing to do with anything we do. So, well, I mean, yeah. a lot of people, you're, a lot of people, be more it, right. it, it ties, it ties into this delusional thing. Um, a lot of people have podcasts, like millions of people, but then there's several that take it to a level of booking guests of relevance and making currency from doing it. And it's a labor of love and a hobby for some, and that's fine. And there's a distinction there, Uh, but there's also a balance where if you're putting this much time and effort writing in some cases, um, et cetera, uh, you know, I've been doing it for a little bit myself and it's not a hobby to me. I, if there were not, uh, gains for me, uh, financially or, it's a part-time job, yeah. That that yeah. you know. It's a part-time job. You know. We make enough. It's satisfying. We make enough doing this. Yeah, we make enough doing it, and the reward is enough that it can say that it's a part-time job. And yeah, and yeah. That's all. That's pretty it's much fun. it. I mean, if I wanted to do it for a hobby, I'd do it for a hobby. But I, I literally, my personality, the way I feel. I probably wouldn't do it if it was a hobby. That's part of the reason I left two other shows because there was no income for what I put out. Well, and and then on top of it, there wasn't really um, the personal satisfaction was starting to go away because there really was never any. Uh, I mean, and I know that on a from a different level, being involved with the one of the other ones, which we won't name that uh, a guy needs a pat on the back once in a while, if nothing else. And that wasn't even forthcoming at some point. I mean, you start to want to not do it. It became worse. Yeah, but I mean, it, it could be anything. I, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not, I, I totally get your point, and I hope I'm not stepping on it, but 
it could be anything uh, from there's just certain people that, that have a name now called trolls. And, you know, you could go from the president of the United States. That's a bad example because it's, you know, a divided opinion about him. But whoever's the top movie star, I don't think The Rock is. He's the most money-making one. I, let's just use The Rock. He's got haters. The top basketball player is LeBron. He's got haters. The top football player is who? Tom Brady. He's got haters. Yeah, you're not keeping uh, you know, everybody happy. It doesn't matter what you do. Yeah, go for it. You know, the top te- who's the top television star? I, I couldn't even tell you right now. Big Bang Theory uh, people I don't think or something? I couldn't. Yeah, maybe. Uh, guys off of Walking Dead, maybe. Game of Thrones, that sort of thing, probably. I'm sure I'm people terrorize, like, uh, one of the stars because he's not into this or whatever. So if those guys be? that are oh actual... God. If those guys, uh, we can use the, the the thing that brought us all together, pro wrestling, um, Vince McMahon, or whoever the fuck the name is of the new president. Let's use just use uh, Gito and Gato, or you know, or uh, well, my buddy, um, my buddy Carrie sold to Sinclair. I don't know Joe Coff for Ring of Honor Wrestling. Whoever, somebody's yeah, gonna have a problem with the booking. And other people are going to love it. And it's just like, you know, if you're that interested in me or you or Nate or whatever we do, then we're probably doing pretty good. I would think. Because no, if, if nobody ever says anything, there's probably a fairly good chance nobody's paying any attention. Well, I don't mean to pull it into to a Roman Reigns territory, but... If you actually hate and get mad and have commentary on something, uh, you have some well, kind of I, passion for it. I still think that's why we get a why we got the thirteen percent the viewership from California. I, I would suspect that a lot of them don't like what we have to say, but they like listening to it. I only have uh, as far as this as far as the Tim and Tom show goes. I can't speak for the basketball show, but as far as the Tim and Tom show goes, I imagine most people in California think we're both nuts. Well, uh, I wish uh, our distributor could break down which shows have which viewer or listeners from where. But Me too. That would be a possibility. Helpful. It would be helpful. But, you know, because basketball – you know, that thing that makes people go to sleep is, like, other than soccer, exceeding the NFL internationally. They have NBA China, NBA India, et cetera. And it's the second biggest sport in the world, literally, yeah, uh, I mean, monetarily. Saying that you know that the soccer guys, is boring is fine. Yeah. But, but the uh, – um, the numbers will will speak against that viewpoint. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. If you don't like it, I mean, that's, I, that's fine. But And the NFL is, uh, especially in my market and markets like mine, is the biggest fucking shit, especially with well, legalized gambling and all you that. Live in a, you live in the heartland of football, really. Especially this you year, world it. champions. Yeah, especially this year. But, I mean, you've got, the, you've got the, the Steelers and the the Eagles, and you got the Giants and the Jets, so a stone throw away. I mean, you're right in the middle of it there, and whoever else. Uh, I guess 
Less than two hours, I got the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of shit going on there with all kinds of teams. I mean, there's lots to go around. And then, I mean, traditionally, Philadelphia has been a, I mean, up until the 60s, was a a two-sport town. Sixers and and the Eagles. So Flyers didn't come along until, whatever it was, 68 or 67, whatever it was. They haven't really been around that long. So, you know, their allegiance is still, I mean, there's lots of Flyers fans, don't get me wrong, but I would say the roots, if you're a little older, is probably football and basketball. Maybe the Phillies, but I don't know what the Phillies You made are. an unintentional pun when you said the Roots because they're on the Tonight Show, and they are from? Uh, I didn't even know they were from Philadelphia. I didn't know that. The only one I ever ever know is Cinderella. Dude, we have the most fucking talent in this area. There is Hall & Oates, Todd Rundgren, Boys the Men, Teddy Pendergrass. You fucking name it, we got it. Tina Fey, Bill well, Cosby, Kevin Hart. City of I'm a city of one and a half million people. You should produce something for Christ's sake. We're pretty good. Tr Shock, the delusional one. Yeah, I mean we can't we can't ever forget. I mean that's a name that I mean that always just goes on the list whenever we're making a list of top 10 celebrities or top 10 this or top 10 that, and it's in the positive yeah. realm. I mean, yeah, number one. Number one's just TR Shock. We start at number two. I mean, that's just the way it works around here. MMA <laughs> world, uh, Eddie Alvarez from Kensington, my friend I mean, Paul Felder. Even in the theoretical world, I mean, okay, I mean, name your top 10 pound for pound fighters. Well, of course, TR Shock doesn't fight, but if he fucking did, he would be number one. Sure. You know, just as age for age for age. You know who's the best? uh, Who's the best selling artist of all time? Forty-eight point six, forty-eight point six years of age, and two hundred probably less. I don't know. I was I I I lost weight the last couple days because I've been doing pretty good, but I had a couple cocktails tonight, so I don't know the actual weight. But I mean, had a trim, two eighty-five, a killer. It would be awesome if I was 285, but I don't think I still am. I think I'm back up to a killer. the 90 but, range. I mean, when, when people tell me, well, you know, who do you think is the best-selling artist of all time? Well, it's the Beatles, but if Tom Robinson had a pursuit of singing career, it would be Tom Robinson. It would be T.R. Shaw. Without question. He would, I mean, he would be a multi-genre um, uh, performer. I mean, he could do the yeah. country. He can. He can do the rap. He can do the soulful black thing. He can do the rock. He can do it all. Fucking guy's musical genius. Something Which those two bums, uh, Lennon and McCartney, could never do uh, down yeah, on bended knee like I can. Those, fuck, those fucking pretenders. I mean, the best they could or come whis- up with was like... Or a whiskey girl like I could. But, I mean, the best thing they could come up with was fucking Hey Jude between the two of them. I mean, really. Right. Imagine that they had all. They imagine had all. well, I was only one. That. I was only one of them. Imagine that. Never mind. All the people. Yeah, all the people want to listen to our show. I mean, uh, well, let's be serious. Cool people want to do what's cool. That's all I really like. Just, 
just not to break the comedy and sarcasm, but uh, I'm just sitting here watching the wheels go round and round. I'm just sitting here watching the wheels go round and round. Oh, how I love to round and round. Watch them roll. Yeah, just uh, no longer winding on the merry-go-round. That's a little... Just, it's kind of like yeah, a deep psychological Lennon, song. Like, you're just... John you're just Lennon kind of like... Uh, you the world and... The way I interpret that is you're watching the world and it was 20, 30 years before it's time. If you're not involved in these stupid fights and whatnot, if you're not a social media dork, you're just watching the wheels go round and round and you just love yeah, to watch I was them roll. Took it. I always kind of took it that he, he just wanted to do, like the wheels was the machine. And, you know, the machine must must be... Must round and it must be fed, but really all he wanted to do was his own thing, and and they they really and they did they wouldn't let him until he became like fucking uber famous, and then they couldn't stop him anymore. But you know they wanted well, yeah, him to I be mean, part of the yeah, you know they wanted him to be part of the of the you know fucking you just shut up and put out your Beatles albums and you don't give a fuck if you don't really like them that much anymore and you don't really like doing that. You'd like to get a little more serious and the. Change the genre a bit and all that stuff. We don't give a fuck. Put out a Beatles album. Shut up. You're fucking. I guess that up. was in it. I guess that was in his intent at the time, uh, before technology. But I've I've uh, currentized it, if that's a word, and and made my own no. interpretation. I don't think you're. I don't and, think uh, you're wrong with that either. I mean, uh, if not, I mean, you can say a lot of things about John Lennon, but fucking stupid isn't one of them. And that that no. fucker had a lot. That fucker had a lot going on. A pretty brilliant, a brilliant mind in a in a very strange and different sort of way. He was no linear, no linear thinker there. Some of the shit that guy my, wrote. My buddies, the Warren brothers from Nashville, are now songwriters. Um, maybe I'm delusional. They're not my buddies, Brad and Brett. Hello, um, but. They they wrote a song that never, you know, a lot of their songs they wrote for other people and some they put out as their own hits, quote-unquote. Um, but one of the songs on our album was Waiting for the Light to Change. It, it kind of it gave me the same vibe that watching the wheels go round and round. They're just sitting at a light. And I mean, that was the storyline of the song. And just the way your mind goes, waiting for the light to change. And it's just kind of like metaphors for other things in life, you know? <clears throat> Those boys, um, they, they, they had some success. I mean, yeah, I mean, but they're, they're millionaires now from writing for other people like Red Solo. Yeah, that, yeah that's Solo, what I mean. I mean, not too many people can say they, they only wrote songs for Dirk Bentley and Faith Hill and Tim McGraw and Martina McBride. And that's hardly, uh, you know, those aren't peasant artists but, by any stretch of the imagination. But I know them as as artists, the Warren Brothers, and you know they they got heavily into songwriting kind of during and after me, and uh, actually a little before me because they Van Zant too. The, the I think there's like really? one alive. I mean, they've had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I mean, they've had ten top fifty U.S. country songs. Of their own, on their own accord. 
I love I love this song. I love this song. I think they harmonize fucking well they're brothers, but I mean a lot of yeah, all kinds of brothers in music harmonize natural chemistry. But they're both fucking good dudes, man. And uh, last I checked, they changed their life around, and we're all family, family oriented, and no more partying and work and love and 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 money and happiness. The Dirk Bentley song went to number one. Feel that fire. Two thousand and nine. Yeah. I don't know. I think Red Solo Cup made the most money. Because um, Brett, I mean Brad, the friend, uh, one well, Toby Keith would be a bigger. I mean, uh, Dirk Bentley's a But he played that on one of those award shows, and Brad played Toby guitar. Toby Keith is won. a whole other, whole other realm, though. Yeah, he, uh, he was worth. He was worth five hundred. He's a good friend. Uh, Toby Keith's a good friend of Jeff Jarrett, a former guest of ours. Uh, and has been in his home and worked for TNA and actually suplexed Jeff Jarrett. Um, Toby Keith is was worth five hundred million dollars and was a possible. He never did it, but he was. When you read those stories in the Observer about possible people investing in TNA to make it different back in the day, right. he was one of those guys. And. Uh, he, uh, well, I wasn't Toby Keith was going to buy the whole thing at one point, wasn't he? Uh, I mean, I'm not inside enough to know. I'll admit that, but I don't think... I think I, I, think I have read that, that, though, that there was speculation that he had contemplated at one point buying everything and that they couldn't get... Uh, the sticking point was that they couldn't get Dixie out of there and because she still wanted yeah. to be, have a position or some fucking thing and they couldn't, couldn't swing the deal and he was smart enough not to... Not fucking do it if she was there. So. Well, I mean, even if you're six foot five or whatever Toby Keith is, and you're worth five hundred million dollars and you're a badass, you're still kind of like when the Harris twins come in with Jeff Jarrett, and you're drinking Jack Daniels with these two big old fucking monsters. Yeah, you might fucking lean towards uh, marking out a little bit and leaving your uh, leaving your own well, celebrity. Because the Harris boys have a presence. Dixie. Dixie herself might be a bit of a of a dude. Ring rat? I mean, what? But her parents are not. Her, I mean, her parents, no, her parents may, are ex- exceedingly wealthy company. individuals. Yeah, who, yeah. who uh, you know, Toby Keith's $500 million, they probably look at that and go, well, that's not bad. But <laughs> You shouldn't be moving in our neighborhood. Yeah, Panda Panda Energy is a whole other. Well, that's just like you know to get onto a slightly different subject with the uh, uh, Madison Square Garden uh, with the, uh, the, 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 the New Japan or Ring of Honor trying to book into Madison Square Garden and uh, I didn't really read into the, it, but I saw it was announced. Well, they 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 tried to initially and and they got the Vince got it uh, snuffed. But okay, is that definite? That wasn't a rumor? Um, as far as I know, that's a definite. But then somebody realized that, uh, okay, Vince is bigger than Ring of Honor, but he's not bigger bigger <coughs> than uh, Sinclair Energy. Sinclair? Or, or whoever the Sinclair group or owns ROH. But that was a whole other ball of wax. And now I, seen, I saw today ads for some kind of show on WrestleMania weekend. 
was going to be at Madison Square Garden. So and there was Oh, the fuck, that, now I get the connection. I was wondering why they yeah. were trying so hard to get into a place where, uh, no, of course, gonna, historically... They're going to fucking go in there on WrestleMania weekend, and they're going to bring every fucking Japanese wrestler they can find. And they're going to book themselves a fucking super show in Madison Square Garden on the day before WrestleMania. My bad wrestling, my bad wrestling uh, genre, because I'm supposed to be up on your stuff, but I've kind of like lost interest. Uh, now it mm-hmm. makes sense because I I was just thinking it was a random show. Well, it is, in, but, but it isn't. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's not random. It's tactically positioned in the WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, it is, but it is, but it isn't. I mean, they're they're going to go and, like I said, I'm quite sure that. That every fucking uh, Japanese fucking superstar and white guy who isn't in WWE that has any draw power at all is going to be on that card. Yeah, TR Shock might even be on that one. I mean, can you imagine uh, if 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 WWE does what they normally do, and it and it's going to almost have to be. Uh, Roman Reigns against whoever, so Roman can drop the, or Roman uh, Brock against whoever, so he can drop the title and get back to his MMA shit. So you almost know what's going to happen. We're pretty damn close. Uh, where are you going to spend your money? We've got fucking... I mean, I know we're not the biggest marks for Japanese wrestling, but they throw the Young Bucks over there and uh, Cody Rhodes and whoever isn't in WWE, if it's Jericho by some chance. And you get Kenny Omega, and then you get a slew of Japanese stars. I don't know. It's Ring of Honor as well. It would be. I mean, Ring of Honor's got enough guys too. I mean, it would be interesting if they do it right. But see, my my thing uh, before I just literally in this moment got aware of this was why would these dumbbells waste money with all the? It it costs so much to get into Madison Square Garden with the unions and the taxes and so forth, and in that specific building. I mean, you're down a hundred grand before you even walk in the door. Oh yeah, literally. It's not. I mean, and I mean, Vince doesn't even like. More. Yeah, Vince doesn't even like running it unless he's doing like a pay per view. They don't really like yeah. running house shows out of there because they don't really make any money. But little, little did I put together because I, you know, I'm just kind of sick of pro wrestling, and, and it's mostly because of the fans, uh, especially the <laughs> ones that get on Twitter and do podcasts. <laughs> So Here, let me read this. Let me read this. Weird. This is off the. This is off the Ring of Honor webpage, right off the front page. Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling present the G1 Supercard from Madison Square Garden, April 6, 2019. So they're going for it. I hope they're my friend Michael pick. Elgin is on there, and I hope uh, I, I guess hope Lance the, Archer hope is it, on there. At the very least. I don't really give a fuck whether Ring of Honor becomes a viable um, threat to uh, WWE or not. I don't really care. Um, I I just hope that's a nice payday for a whole bunch of guys who who have worked hard to be wrestlers but couldn't get to WWE for whatever reason and that somebody at least makes a few bucks because there's no reason why they shouldn't. Now, the next question is, is are they going to figure out a way to get this shit on television? Or on a pay-per-view, or something along that nature. Because I mean, Madison Square Garden only holds twenty thousand people. That's not a that's 
not enough to make a huge house off of if you're going to bring the big boys. Well, some of those folks, if not all of those folks, will be in Chicago months before that and two months from now for All In. And Conrad Thompson, our friend and former guest of us again. Geez, everybody I've seen to mention has been a Funny. former guest. Yeah. Somehow uh, we've had all these people on our show. Weird. Uh, he founded StarCast, which is a fan-slash-whatever convention, where he showcases podcasts and wrestlers of, of the past, wrestlers of the present, etc. So all in success will probably dictate because uh you know the word the last time i was uh in the know so to speak about this wrestling thing is that certain office members of wwe who were appointed to contacted some of the talent that were drawing numbers uh, in in a bit of a raid attempt just to open talks um and uh, it'll be interesting to see if who's still will be, not uh, WWE property by then. There's uh, yeah, and there's there, in the news release here already confirmed for the show from New Japan Pro Wrestling are Okada, Tanahashi, and Nieto. So their three big boys are already going to be there. Don't say doing what yet, but they're already booked. So they're not fooling around. Um, yeah. That's going to be interesting. going to be interesting. I don't yeah, know, though. Wonder, if, uh, like, like, if you got a deal, if you got a deal coming up in, uh, if you're in WWE, and uh, you got a, your deal ending, let's say, at the end of this year, do you maybe, do you maybe walk for a year to try to get into this thing? Especially if you want to make a name for yourself again? If you're like a Cesaro, say? Let's, I don't yeah, know let's if say that you got a bit, let's say that you got a bit saying, of a name, but you're not you're kinda yeah, you're kinda floundering a little bit in WWE that you're sort of stuck in the mid card. You're not really going anywhere. Um if you leave uh, let's say, you know, December and you still got two or three months to get out on the indie scene and get your name out there and can get into this somehow and I can see there being some interest. Especially if you don't think you're getting a shake in WWE, which three quarters of them don't, or at least don't think they are. But let's see what it does to WWE. Whether it forces them to to uh, amp it up a tiny bit, or if they'll just stay the course and keep putting out the boring. I don't know, man. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, it's though. totally it's totally different world than when I sort of new people. Well, Aragon, it's not about, you know, we're, we both still think of the money. You know, it's about ticket sales and, and all that kind of shit, and it's not about any of that. <laughs> like I saw again, their the ratings for Raw are, are down again from about 2-3 to 2-1. To you know, they've lost another 200,000 people, and there's no basketball anymore. There's nothing else going on, and they're still losing ground. But they don't seem to care because they're still making money. Share price is good. And that's the bottom line over there right now. They're tremendous business people, and yeah, they do well. You know, in triple, that, triple in H. That, 
Triple H is uh, the wrestling guy, you know, the one that pays attention and hires guys like Gabe Sapolsky. Tag him, say. He might be delusional. Because why would such a high horse Triple H run his own Twitter account? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or, even, or even Stephanie, who is quoted as saying, he never turned ba- down bad. Uh, ugh. He never turned Looks down like ideas. Because, no, you never turned down an idea because from anyone because you never know what is going to turn things around. And uh, yeah, you don't either. You know, true enough. I bet, I bet the guys like Gabe and uh, the the girls in the May Young Classic, the Triple H, and 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 uh, Steve Regal, I call him, but uh, William Regal and uh, et cetera. You know, they they personally go out to these shitty shows and intermingle with people. Never mind. I'm not going to smarten the dumb up. I know where you were going with that. I'm going to leave it be. Um, And, you know, like Road Dog and so forth is writing Smackdown. And you dumb fucks. You fucking zilches. You zeros. You nobodies. You nothings. Stop fucking... Never talking forget. to my fucking show pages when I block you, you fucking wannabes. Anyway. Never ever forget that it is a business. It is not a... Um, it's a, Not that it wasn't a business before, but the way the business works is different. And, it, and the things that mattered in the 80s and 90s do not matter anymore. Point in time. It is about... They're a public company. And that share price is the only fucking thing that matters. It's did you see Takahashi break his neck? He broke his yeah, neck for the business. Yeah, that that number is the only... If they could put a fucking two 62-year-old guys out there and they wrestled for two minutes and fell down and both had heart attacks and that chair number didn't move, you can expect to see that again next week. Yeah, because whatever they can, so many whatever people, they can throw out so many, there that's the least amount of effort is what they will do, because they don't need to do it. So many people than that. over the years have told me they were smart to the business, but that's like <laughs> smart to the business. That's four words, and the key word is what they're not smart to: business. Business, business man. Nobody cares. That means money. Like, yeah, when they talk oh about my God. Oh, how come, how come they didn't give uh, that guy more of a push? Because they didn't fucking give two shits. They pushed whoever put more money in the fucking pile. Didn't care about his wife or his kids or any of that crap. They may have pretended they did, but they really, they really don't. It's about money. And that's why Vince McMahon is a multimillionaire, and most wrestlers are not. Um. And I had one more thing uh, I wanted to cover. Seventy-three without back or hip problems. We're going to go into we're going to go into overtime for a couple of minutes on this one, and then we'll we'll wrap her up. Um, I read today that uh, shit. I got to get this right because I don't want to get the betting companies wrong. Shit, I'm going to have to find the story because I don't want to get the the players wrong. Uh, I don't even know what the fuck to. Where to look that up at now? I should have 
saved it. Fourth to Fury, um, I'll, com- I'll help you maybe. Coming to a, a racetrack uh, near you at uh, the Meadowlands in New Jersey uh, is a will be a facility that's going to be built by said uh, betting company where you can go and bet on all the shit and watch all the sports. Uh, FanDuel. FanDuel to open sports book at Meadowlands in New Jersey. Ugh. Uh, FanDuel, FanDuel buys out. Well, that they, can, they have that much money? Uh, go, but go ahead. Well, Fa- FanDuel buys out um, that British company, uh, da, 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 which was... Uh, bet something, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, something my like bookie, that. My bookie, my bet. Whatever. Yeah, something like that. And they're going to build a 5,300-square-foot sports book at the Battlelands Racetrack, right next door to MetLife Stadium. So you can choose to go watch the game, or you can choose to go over to their facility and bet on a bunch of shit and watch everything, I guess is the idea. Um, I don't know. not sure how I feel about that. Oh, that'll be fine. I mean, both both will prosper. There will uh, be no probably. My my no, my I, question no, more is is what will the effect of one be on the other, or will there? Neither. Um, other than uh, no, nothing but positive. Other than uh, you know the the incidents you will see. On 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 video of people fighting and drunk and stuff, but people will go from one to the other and bet the night game. And we won't have the NFL um, taking a piss fit or trying to figure out a way to get a fucking piece of the pie. Or well, I mean, FanDuel, or letting FanDuel build this big facility and then deciding that the only betting they're going to allow on NFL games has to be. You have to have a sanctioned and be licensed by the NFL. Ha ha! Fuck you, FanDuel. I I I, <laughs> I don't think they can at this point because of Supreme Courts and all that kind of shit. It's gotten past that and, point, uh, it? could be. I think. I mean, it's new. It's new territory. It's kind of like Uber and Lyft. Uh, I don't mean to bring that into the equation because, but but I know a little bit about it. Um, yeah, there just ain't really any rules. They snuck it in so quickly that it took five years for people to think about shit that was going on while they were becoming bazillionaires. They were busy um, making nothing but bank, but nothing but bank. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's gone. I mean, this is a little different because it's something that's always been there but not been legal. Um, but the league, as you know, the owners and stuff. The players, they'll still. I mean, it, it, it's it's really weird, man. It's a really weird time. I was just just going to make like, even if I, there I was took a, it back. Yeah, I, I don't know how it's going to work. There, there, there'll have to be. I mean, there's no way the NFL's not going without a cut somehow. They'll figure out a way to get. Uh, I mean, if you by had, fucking totally denying uh, uh, highlights, you know, or something along those lines. Oh well, yeah. I mean, you have the score, right? Yeah. But do you have access to ESPN, or is that your equivalent? Well, ESPN is usually 
you know, anything that I, I we got two sports networks up here: the Score and uh, the, the Sports Network, which is the big Canadian version of ESPN, I guess you could say. Um, so you don't get anything, like Chris? No, I don't have past, an actual you didn't get ESPN like Chris channel. N- no, but I mean, I know who he is, but we don't have an ESPN channel. We just when like when the game comes on, they just switch to the feed and. And that's what you get for the game, and then back to the. Have you, have you ever seen, through any medium, bad beats from Scott Van Pelt on Sports Center? No, but I know who Scott Van Pelt is. But that's it. All right. Well, Canada's a little in the dark on this, but it's a uh, no, not him. This is a Sports mm-hmm. Center. Uh, well, isn't, he, isn't, he, isn't he an ex-quarterback? No. Uh, ex-college quarterback? Are you sure? Uh-uh. He may be an ex-college one, yeah. Yeah, college. Uh, but not, not, but not anyway, professional. No matter. Whatever. Uh, but he also has a co-host called Stanford Steve, who's involved with a podcast called Behind the Bet. And when he's the sole proprietor of SportsCenter, one of his segments is Bad Beats which is centered around gambling. And like we talked about Tony Romo earlier, fumbling that snap, it's all kinds of shit like that of every sport, you know, whether it be hockey, basketball, soccer, you name it. Um, Whether over and under is, you know, five in hockey Mm -hmm. or 212 in basketball or whatever. He has these instances where shit changes. It's all on tape, obviously, and he he goes through them. And you'd be amazed. And it's been going on. He's had it on the show for a minimum of three years now. While, quote-unquote, sports gambling has been, I should have saved the air quotes for illegal, because it's just kind of something that everybody did here. And now there's official places to do it, so... I don't know how that's going to affect the monetary aspect. I I can only think it's going to uh, be a better case scenario for the betting person and a bad scenario for the bookmaker because I could call you if if you were my guy, Tim, if you were my book on Sunday and – Let's let's fast forward and say it's the Eagles. I don't know who they're opening against. I should, being an Eagles fan, but they're playing uh, Tampa Bay within the first three weeks. I know that because Jameis Winston's uh, not playing against them. So let's say it's week two or three or whatever, and the Eagles play Tampa Bay. Now that it's legal in Jersey and Delaware and Pennsylvania soon to come, I can drive down to Delaware Park and I could have, I could know in my mind at least, nobody knows the result, but I could feel strongly when I saw the line in the Daily News, Eagles minus 10, that the Eagles are going to win 41 to nothing or whatever I presume and put every cent I have on the Eagles and either win or lose. But I could call you with the same mindset, gambler and put 10,000 of which I have 13 bucks of 
and the Eagles lose outright, Tim is owed 10000 in juice, which I'm not going to do right now because I'll get corrected by, like, an angry Billy or something. But, oh, um, but yeah, I mean, it's way more than 10000 and way more than I have. And that's how people get their legs broke and all that other kind of crazy mob type shit. And uh, loan sharks and this, that, and the other. And that that will cut down on their business. So I wonder if the underworld had something to do with this new law passing and every and every, who knows well, who's would, getting a cut of what. Right. My my first thought was was there was a couple of things. Yeah, better for the better. Safer. Uh, probably more. Probably much more difficult. Um, you can't lose what head. you don't have this way. Yeah, much more difficult to get in your head. You can maybe run up the credit card or whatever, but you still got it. There's a finite limit there. You can't get crazy. You can't go make a $25,000 bet when you have no money. Um, and you can on the phone. And you can with it, yeah. So there's that part for the better. Um, for the book, uh, the little guy's pretty much finished unless they figure out a way to make betting with the book more attractive than betting legit. I don't know how they would do that and not lose their edge in, in making the money. I mean, I suppose you could you could change the line and give a better spread and that sort of shit, but then you run the risk of uh, not doing it well. Yourself. So, yeah. yeah, so I'm not sure how that works. Um I would think, like in all honesty, in any in any uh, uh, professional sport that has a salary cap that's driven by revenue, which I think is pretty much all of them at this point, you got to be liking, you got to be trying to figure out a way for your team to get or for the league to get money, because for every you know every more dime that that shit brings in is another million we can spend on payroll or whatever else. So that's all good for the teams. I mean, I don't. I don't understand really why they're not embracing it wholeheartedly. Under the guys, we want to, you know, we want to make gambling, you know, we want to make it safer. We want to still, you know, we want to keep the entertainment part of it for the for for the people who like to gamble and for the uh, casual gambler that they can have a little more fun and enjoy the game a bit more. And of course, this benefits us all because you know it's more money into the economy and. Blah blah blah, and for the guys who win, okay, well that's a good time. And this, of course, we all like money for nothing. That's all good. Um, you know, I'm even looking at it from an owner perspective. If I own like, uh, I don't know how the, for America, but up here, you know, okay, if I own the Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, my salary cap is based on league revenue, and betting brought in another three hundred million dollars, or whatever the number is. Divided by you know thirty million teams, thirty teams is another ten million apiece. Well, shit, that's another seven million dollars I can spend. I'll be able to spend next year on making my team better. I like that because that keeps me from having to pay salary cap, luxury tax, and all this other bullshit. That blah 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 blah. And I got a better chance of getting players and blah you know down the road, right? Players are happy because the salary cut amounts go up. Uh, agents are happy and fucking vendors are happy because everybody's got more money. And, uh, you know, I just, yeah, I mean, if they do it right, they don't get too greedy and fuck themselves. It should work out wonderfully, but we all know that <laughs> if the government gets their hands in there, 
get fucked up. We're alive in a strange time, and we're not part of the 1%. We can only give opinions no. and not facts. And, I, and I guess the upper 1% probably has a good idea of how of everything gonna is going to go probably. with this. Well, I guess we even already know. Players themselves, even if the players themselves don't know because they're not in the upper 1%. No, they're not. Um, uh, I'm going to guess that the upper percent will... will Kind of know, but go ahead. With most of the places, we already sort of know what the state's going to take for a cut. Um, there may be some kind of a formula worked out between them and, and Major League Sports about, okay, you know, the government's taking 10% or 12% or whatever it is, and 5% of that's going to the league. I mean, we don't even really know. Nobody's ever really said. Some of the states haven't even come up with a number yet. So, like, I keep, I keep thinking, you know, like, if I was a state that didn't have a lot going for it, I'd drag my feet, and I'd wait till every other fucking state had their laws in place, and then I'd make my cut, you know, 2% cheaper than everywhere else. You might you might have a point there, uh, just to Dep- depending on what the Depending on what the rules are, whether we can bet. And that goes back to my Uber and Lyft analogy to where they were doing such business so quickly under everybody's jurisdiction without anybody being consciously aware. If you're another state that can, as you said, quote-unquote, drag your feet, you can see the effects on the league, on what the works? viewership, what on works? the state. didn't work? Yeah, and then you can jump in or sure, I'm, uh, fight, like I'm fight fucking, again to drag I'm, your feet some more. Yeah, like I'm fucking, I'm Idaho. I don't even have a team. Okay, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait and see what happens here. If I can talk people, like if there's a way for people to bet from Idaho that don't live in Idaho, in Idaho, if that makes sense, without physically going there. Yeah. I mean, holy shit. Okay, well we know the state of Pennsylvania. You know, dear Eagles fans. We know there's nothing you guys love more than betting on your fucking Eagles and watching them win and making money. But wouldn't it be nice if that fucking 15% of the state of Pennsylvania was taken was only 5%? Because us, we here at Idaho, we're not quite that fucking greedy. We only need 5% of your money. Make your bets in Idaho. Here at www.betidaho.fuckingwhatever-it-is, make your bet. If if they allow that to happen, which I don't know what the rules are going to be. If you got to be physically there to place the bets or how that shit's going to work, I don't really know. But I mean, right I now, see room. right now is the it's time to, to do it. Unless, I mean, yeah, unless uh, the thing is, is to be first and fucking rank up every goddamn dollar you can before before everybody starts to figure out what the problems may or may not be. Yeah. Just fucking. I mean, we're in, the only game in town. In general, we're talking about. In general, for whatever reason, the house wins. I actually have a tattoo on my right or left shoulder, one of the two, that says house wins to remind me never to gamble. That was uh, some 15 years ago, and it didn't stop me. But, uh, yeah, the house wins, irregardless. Um, well, what's the, what's the gambling? saying? The, winner, the winners never leave town. Right. That's the only way you can, gambling way is, you can leave is without your money. Gambling is a hobby that can be fun. 
when a hobby turns into a habit, there's no such thing as fun anymore. Well, so the thing that the trouble with gambling and any of it, it's all statistical, but only to a point. And then it's just, but then it's still statistical. And eventually those odds will not be in your favor sooner or later. So if you continue to play, sooner or later you will lose, just like you will hit it big occasionally too. But you will hit it, you will lose more than you will win because the odds, statistically, that's how they're, it's designed that way. I mean, it's almost impossible yeah. to, to, uh, the only way you win is let's say you go in and you get lucky in the sense that your big win comes early and you're smart enough to quit. Like $1, All right, can we, on can we shut up about this? Because we are going to start a <laughs> Patreon page giving NFL yeah. picks and college this picks is true, but occasionally. We, but that's, you know, that's also just, that's going to be two ways. That's going to be for the serious guy. We'll have a serious show, and then we're going to have kind of a fucking goofy one almost, where it's just bragging rights. You know, we'll pick them winners, and then for the people who really care, then we'll have another show where, okay, these are the winners, and this is why they're the winners. But we, well, a lot of people, a lot of people made some money. A lot of people made some money last season off of our picks, and uh, I'd say one. There might be two, but I'd, I'd probably say one person went through probably seven hundred picks and found a backdoor cover that was a, a mistake, and uh, was probably supposed everywhere. That change the totals by point zero 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 zero. We change everything. We lie, etc. It's like, wow, man, how lonely are you? I will be more than happy to share. I wish I had like five mistakes, not much less one. There was only one. I will be more than happy to put my picks on here, where it cannot be taken back that that's who I picked. Sure. I'm I'm quite okay if I go. I don't know how many NHL games there is in the season. A couple of thousand. I could give a fuck whether I go zero and thirty six hundred. My picks will still be based on something, and you can take them or leave them. They are what they are. I would like to think they're severely educated picks because I know a lot about fucking what I'm talking about. But I mean, you it's, fucking it's, it's, can't lie. You're it's lying to the public. Stanford did not cover the nine point three seven zero seven six. Utah covered. You, uh, oh shit! That game happened on a Tuesday, not on a Monday. And just because you picked, you picked. Uh, I mean, and then more to the point, I, I fucking dare. I dare any book to pick every game for four months in a row and do as well as I did. You won't. Vegas was barely keeping up to me, just barely. I was right around maybe a percentage point behind them. And that's picking up the uh, game. You know. You know how hard I, it is to I pick beg, every fucking game? I beg to differ the first 30 games. Well, maybe at the first nobody, month or so. Nobody, I was, yeah, no, I was on fire. Yeah, I was nobody touched you. There, but, and there was, but, I mean, there was you, a maniac, the maniac but that, nobody that would tried that to way. fuck with that or something. Yeah, nobody would ever bet that way in the real world. Nobody goes down to the book and goes, how many games are there tonight? Let me Let me pick all 10. Or twelve. No, but the, the whole premise right. of what we were doing then, before we had the pod up and going in the Patreon, in a now two months 
less than two months, uh, Nate, if you're listening. It's coming. The Patreon page Nate, for the pitch. West Virginia motherfucker. Um, the whole premise was for fun, and if the people that enjoyed our little videos, and, uh, you know, the website might have gave us something if they had traffic or whatever, but that's beside the point. Um, but the people that enjoyed our videos... If they like the Steelers and we like the Steelers, or they liked, in your case, the, I don't know, New Jersey Devils, and they liked them, then that was a reinforcement of what they already thought. So, bam. Most, most assuredly. You're already thinking the same thing. And then the end of the week, well, if, if, if we, we put our shit up there and then we move on, and to think that somebody would dissect that and find, like, 800 picks in, like, that, the record was one off whether we whether they were up uh, in total if they picked every pick eleven hundred and ninety as opposed to twelve hundred and or thirteen hundred and ten or whatever it would have been. It's just astounding to me that somebody was that lonely. Well, I'm I'm quite sure that I looked at the when I fucking stopped telling anybody about it. And just kept track. I'm pretty sure that the Vegas book at the end of the day was 61%. I think they got right. If you bet the Vegas odds on who was going to win, and well, I, I believe they I would make money. But go ahead. Yeah, and I believe I was 50, 59. And I certainly do not have the resources that the Vegas book has. We were <laughs> about 79 in the first month. Oh, I was crazy there for a while. I was doing Saturday night. Uh, I was pulling, you know, getting 11 out of 12 games right on a Saturday night for yeah. three or four weeks in a row. Where if you'd have, if yeah. you'd have bet all those games, good Christ, you'd have made a killing. That we both know too. That nobody's can go ever happy. Just as fa- they can go nobody's south just as fast as it is. No, nobody is. But like I said, the whole premise will be that you know if, if it's if you're a casual gambler and you just want to come see what the picks are and you want to go and you know buy bucks with your buddies, that's cool. Get a little more serious and you want to try to make some some dough and be the king of the hill, we're cool with that too. We'll, well, well, at least our picks that. will always be done with with the intent of you know we're taking the best information we can find and giving you a pick based on some logic, not on. Well, I really fucking hate the Knicks, so I'm going to pick the Sixers. Won't be based on that. If I, if the team I love, like the Leafs, they're playing somebody and I don't think they can beat them, you're going to see me pick the other team. I don't give a flying fuck about uh, franchise loyalty when we're betting. That's two different things. Right. And, that, and that's the problem with some dense, really dense people who are smart in other areas. They don't get the entertainment value that... Uh, we provide as well with the videos. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, of course. We'll probably goof it. We'll probably goof it up a bit because it's kind of what we do. So, yeah. well, how can you pick them? Because you said E. Lafleur was on the Canadians once. Because I'm fucking around to make it funny. I'm not a robot. I'm giving you something for your fucking money. He has put his betting glasses on, and that means shit has got serious. But they'll listen to, like, WIP. I don't even know if that's a station anymore, but there's an equivalent. Yeah, we were even, uh, when we were making NFL picks, we were crushing 
the fucking 14 ESPN Sports Online experts. They weren't even close to us. We were smashing the shit out of them until we quit doing it. Yeah, well, nobody wants to pay attention to that. They want to pay attention to Well, no, because uh, if, you work for, if you work for ESPN, you must be a fucking genius, right? Because they don't hire anybody. Must not be genius. delusional. They've never, they've never been wrong ever in the history of sports, ESPN. But All right. On that note, that's, be two hours, that's pretty much it for the Saturday morning podcast about fucking absolutely nothing, which pretty much was about, you know, was as advertised. But uh, we just felt we needed to get some shit out, so we did that. Um, the upcoming schedule, um, to be honest, I have no fucking clue about that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Sunday I'm night round table no, in jeopardy. There's going to be yeah. extreme, right. there's extreme be. circumstances. Sunday night round table will be canceled, and in its place will be Tim and TR's house of fucking music jeopardy. Be there. Because it's going to be fucking awesome, let me tell you. Is that where we're going to go? Because I fucking stumped Tom Tom Robinson question after fucking question about music. And not stupid shit either, like who wrote the fucking 1962 fucking theme to Roadhouse. There won't be shit like that. It's going to be stuff you should know. If If I get it done on time, yes, that's what we'll be doing. It'll be Tim and Tom. Fucking Music Jeopardy, part one. All right. You fucking heard it here first. I am a, I'm a willing and with that. And with that, we're fucking out of here. Peace.